$700 check that I've ever got. This yeah. is like, wow, I've got the check in hand. That really means that the annual pass that I waited for so long to get till I felt like I was financially stable enough to buy one and it's eliminated. <laughs> Yerk. Oh, well, what are you going to do? Well, apparently take out a loan if you want to go to Disney now. Yeah. 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 To be honest, though, if you go any more than like a few times a year, the annual pass is absolutely worth it still, yeah. even the, though it's expensive. Well, and then there's the uh, the uh, Star Wars hotel thing, which is like six grand. Oh, okay. I Seriously? Can't, I can't even fathom. So I, okay. <laughs> I have to correct you people because a oh, couple here episodes we go. ago. Bring it. Was it a month? No, it was before I got here. So it was the episode you guys were talking about that crazy camp in... England somewhere where you could go for like the, the, the Witcher camp in Poland. Yes. Okay. So England, Poland. To put into reference, <laughs> well, I'm, I'm still not right past person, the, right? I'm still I'm still wondering about what she meant by you people. <laughs> Everyone sitting at this table but me. Okay. Oh, Biggs wasn't there. <laughs> Are you sure he wasn't there that day? That's right, he wasn't. Okay. Then Biggs is, is left out too. Hands off. Biggs. Six grand is for a family of four. It's not for. One person. It's not for two people. It's for a family of four. How much is it for two? It's like four thousand. Okay, <laughs> I, I still stand where I was. <laughs> but that's for two nights, and that's total. So you know, that's everything, Todd. You pay for everything. I still say the Witcher School is a better bang for your buck. <laughs> oh yeah. Do you get like a blowjob from Anakin Skywalker? Like what? No, no. But I'll Wait. tell you because if you think Mary and I aren't going to go, you're crazy because we're going to go. Sorry, me. Oh. No, no, no. I, I know people that the Anakin would be. I'm in show business. <laughs> Use the force, Annie. Yeah, Barry and I are with <laughs> oh, <laughs> His head's not even here, but I can feel it. <laughs> four no. speed, four speed. All the way in the other room. What the hell? <laughs> Barry and I are with Darren. We're going to pay the money. I don't care how much it is. I'm going. It's happening. Yeah, it's expensive. Dar- Darren and I shit, talked about but... it. I'm just like, God damn, that's a lot for just two days. I get you're getting all the stuff involved as well, like the to and from the park admission and all the other interaction and stuff and at the same time that's a lot of money for so, just are, two days are they launching you into space yeah no. exactly then no yeah <laughs> so are you going my, to tatooine my <laughs> worry right which is what happens with a lot of these things it starts really cool and really unique just like when they opened galaxy's edge and yep. they had some toys that were and I, I called it because i used to work merchandise for disney right they had some crazy toys that were definitely totally different for Disney. And I was like, those aren't going to last very long. They're going to get rid of them after a few months. And they've gotten rid of them. They've replaced yep. them with things that are more pe- like more popular among the masses, right? Instead of unique items, which I can't stand. When I was a kid, Disneyland, every store you went to sold different things. Mm-hmm. Every single store. Yeah. And every like the stores in the certain lands were themed. That's all they sold. And you had to buy that thing at that store. You couldn't yep. get it in any other store. And then... Sometime like right after I stopped working for them that I mean it was changing when I worked there but it 
really changed like right after that and it was like eh, you can get that in like every store here except for maybe this one or that one uh, well that, yeah, was, that was that was them going oh deb's leaving well fuck her yeah <laughs> but anyway, the back, show her so the star wars hotel i have I this like, feeling oh, show her. that they're gonna try really hard right at the beginning and they're gonna try and, and do all of this crazy interactive all this stuff and maybe a year later a year and a half later they're gonna take some of the special stuff out because it's not as popular mm-hmm. or it's too, you know, it's too niche. It's too, you have to know too much Star Wars to get it. And they're going to back out of, of what yeah, we you're, will you're, find fun. You're going to get the, um, the, um, the, the board ride from the <laughs> servers are not Bajorans anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're going to get the board ride. Like, oh, fucking just jabbing in the back. Hey, I recognize this. You know, your Starfleet officers are going to have pot bellies. <laughs> oh, my God. Your ensigns are going to be 60 years old. Welcome I'm Ensign Tom. I'm sorry. Welcome, folks, to, it, oh, fuck you. Welcome <laughs> folks to Geek Shack number 606. I am Master Torgo. 80s Jeff. Commander K. Maple Leaf Matt. Just go. Uh, Professor Biggs. <laughs> and Deb. I always go last. Oh, yeah. I always go last. That's her thing. Why do you want to step on her thing? Put that in the notes. <laughs> Amateur hour. And we're to talk week in Burialist Geek. <laughs> it's the best week. <laughs> so Deb is here. Yep. In the flesh. On yes, the I show. Am. Yes. No Barry. Nope. You're right. It's the best of all worlds. That's right. <laughs> no right. Barry. No Andy. Wow. <laughs> Holy shit. You're right. It's oh. all- Shangri-La. Oh. <laughs> Where's Anakin Skywalker? <laughs> do, you, do you want me to spill something on you so you feel like you're not you know, missing Andy so much oh. there? Mrs. Yeah. Maple Leaf oh, is four feet behind Maple Leaf to make sure he behaves. <laughs> <laughs> This is all to tell him he out. needs to calm down. Get it right. You need to relax. Okay, sorry. <laughs> so, so, so before I begin, Barry has inserted himself anyway into the show. What, what is this, Deb? What do you have here? All right, so he felt that even though we weren't doing a video show anymore, right. that we should still try to see about doing what's going in my mouth. Okay, popular segment from yes. the old ugly couch show stuff where we'd stick things in our mouth and almost gag because it was horrible. Yes. Okay, so so what is this? So this is from the best grocery store in the United States, oh. H-E-B. The only good thing to come mm. out of the state of Texas. Mm. Um, these are Whoa. Hatch Chili Sweet Lime Cookies. And they're delicious. Matt already had some. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> some, some. Yeah, okay. Like, so thank you for thank bringing you, that Barry. We had a great time. <laughs> for reference, when I brought this box, it was unopened. That's right. Yeah, there's now three cookies left in it. Of like And I've 20. had none. I've had none of them. Okay. So they're, okay, so there's, uh, you brought us a box of cookies, of, there, of which there are three. Yes. Have you had one? No. They're delicious. <laughs> then if it's delicious, why are we doing this? Because. I, I didn't. It wasn't me. It wasn't my idea. Very, so I, I just ate you, them. Don't yell at me. I will tell you, I don't like these cookies. Oh, okay. And that's because I love Hatch. I love Hatch chilies. Okay. It's weird to me for it to be in a sweet cookie. But to you, like pepper, basic black yes, pepper is like sulfuric acid. It's fuck. Yes, I know. Okay. And I hate it. And it's getting worse the older I get, the more my mouth is like, what is that? It must be like the hottest shit ever. No, it's black pepper. Okay. You know, there's <laughs> so, a place in town we're about getting into the season where they do a, a hatch chili roast outdoors. Uh, really? Um, it's right down there in Henderson. Uh, it, what? It's, no, it's uh, uh, Carlitos Burritos. 
um, they they do it like well they didn't do it last year well they did do it last year but they just didn't have people coming out but you could order ahead and get your a question for you. are you able to eat that with your invisible nope. in? can't eat anything with <laughs> so my Jeff's excused so yeah. it, so I have one well I had one thanks. Biggs has one I have one oh, I'm good so it's, it's just it's just that what's going oh, my mouth for the two of us what the fuck is going on go ahead this is this is the lowest rent. Uh, what's going in my mouth uh, ever? Uh, you know what? It's smelling it, though. It reminds me of going into one of those old country stores. Yeah. <laughs> like where everything is made of wood and painted with muted blues. <laughs> what's, what's today's I what's going in my mouth brought to you by? Like today's what's going in my mouth is brought to, to us by some bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> by the way, I love the muted blues. <laughs> They, they were a great band. Yes. <laughs> yes. Music, the, the songs were really long, though. So so here's the thing. So the, the Hatch Chili with the Sweet Lime sounds like two things that I actually would like together. Yeah. So. It says right on the box, Biggs, sweet and heat. Yeah. The okay. perfect mixture. Yep. All right. Yeah. I don't know about perfect, but... We'll you know. try it. It's insert whatever here. All right. One, two, three. So I'm um, not seeing any weird looks on anybody's faces while they're all chewing. Uh, although Kirsten apparently is not participating. He already had one too. Oh. That was game night a couple weeks ago. Okay, it's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's delicious. They're good. Barry, <clears throat> I need you to go back and watch old ugly couch shows. And you should go back. If you want to resurrect this segment, you got to know. Okay? Now, when this, to hold them. If this was hatch when to fold chili them. with... Liver and onions, <laughs> then we might have some. Yeah, this is, these are awesome. It's tasty. <laughs> yeah, I, I was expecting a nice yeah, back heat. And, and, and I was expecting because Kirsten pulled out the camera. I'm like, oh, fuck, this is going to build up to some shit, isn't it? But but no, it's. Uh... Well, you know what the problem is? It's not Steven Seagal's lightning bolt right. sandwich cookies. Yeah, that, that would have been. Something to put on what's that going on. That I would have had you all sign waivers because that shit was awful. <laughs> the, 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 what did Paul say? It was like uh, like a sucker on a bus. Yeah, old, <laughs> like yeah. an old sucker, like, old bus sucker. Yeah, like someone left a grape sucker on the bus. <laughs> and I think it's out there. I think it's the uh, the Geek Shock where we did uh, anime stuff. Uh, so if you want to see that, it's not Geek Shock, but Ugly Cow Show where we did uh, anime stuff. Uh, yeah, why, Barry? Okay, next week we're gonna bring us some Dove chocolate. Okay, yeah. that's what's going on in my mouth? Wait, with Study. a side of vanilla ice cream. Exactly. Hold up, slow your roll. <laughs> what's this? A Girardelli ice cream sundae? No, don't make me eat that. <laughs> All right, so now that I'm gonna enjoy the rest of my cookie, Deb, what did you do this week? Well, um, I went back and visited Barry last weekend. No, no, what you do that was fun. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I did get to get some games in with some of our Texas friends. So I did, we did Gloomhaven on Friday. Gloomhaven! (laughs) So we have, you know, we've we've got a group of, so there's four of us who play, um, two of our friends, and we've been playing now, I think... We've completed four scenarios. Mm. Yeah. Wow, four. Younglings. Those yes. kids. <laughs> but we're finally starting to like, you know, get the groove of how our characters best work. Yeah. Wait, you know? did you say younglings? Yeah. Yes. What's, what's the strongest monster that you've killed like level-wise in Gloomhaven? Well, they're the same level as you are. Okay, what, what level are you? Two. What level are you guys? Uh, and our second character, I think I'm level five. Yeah, five. <laughs> I'm, I'm still two. Wait, 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 wait. 
Have you, you ever you played? You haven't even opened your box. No. I got he it upstairs hasn't. in the game room. <laughs> it's there. Matt's Whenever like, it exists. Have you even taken it out to sort things? No, I haven't. Oh, boy. Oh, Matt's that, all like, hmm, That's going to take you box? a day just yeah. to do that. What's in the box? Well, I was kind of waiting for a person to come on over and we could play. I know. He wants me to come over. I'm like, no, no. Well, no. you know what, Matt? You can wait till Andy gets back since he hasn't played Gloomhaven. You can no, that's when I'll sell it. Oh, okay. Actually, I just realized, dude. What? Christmas is coming up. Yeah. Now we know what to get them. The An sort- organizer? Yeah, the sorting hinky dinky. I actually, think they have that at Gaming Goat. Oh. Actually, oh. Barry and I bought some really cheap ones off of Amazon, and they work great. Jeff Bezos, no! I know. I hate giving money, too, but I'd also... it's. Some of your other cheap choices aren't great either, like Matt, Walmart. Nope. I don't want to give them money. Matt, who the hell are you going to give money to at your rate? I tell you I what, know, if, if you are local, Little Shop of Magic has a wonderful line of board game organizers. They're not the expensive woodcut ones. They are kind of a foam and paper one. Where is that? Uh, Little Shop of Magic. Decatur or something, right? Well, uh, Somewhere over there. Durango. You oh, have Google. One of the you D ones. find it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but... They have a whole lineup of games. I bought their Gloomhaven organizer because it's made of foam and paper and very sturdy. It doesn't add much weight to the box, which is already a behemoth. And it's at like a half the price of most organizers that are out there. So if you are local to Vegas and you're looking for board game organizers, they're the only ones in town that I know that carry that line. So just a little tip from Torgo. Got it. Torgo's tips. So, yeah, so we gotta. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want Torgo's tip. Just keep it away from me. I said tips plural. I mean, oh. Unless you know something yeah. I don't know, and I live with the well, guy for over twenty years. Yeah. So. Yeah, well, Torgo's tip. What's going in your mouth? Yes. Oh, see that, Barry. That's how you do it, Barry. Jeez. Arroyo Crossing Parkway. Okay. Thank you, Steve. You're welcome. They're about to close, by the way. <laughs> oh. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Are they busy right now? No. A live tracker. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. Have you been there before? Does it have a ramp? All right. Is the park ample? Jeff? Come on, Jeff. I, I don't know. Probably not. Jeff I, didn't I even know friend. if Todd had two tips or not. How's he going to tell if the park... <laughs> so anyway... Yes! Um, so we got a good game of Gloomhaven in, and then the next day, I ran my second like instance of me doing DMing for oh D&D. God. I know. You tell anybody? No, oh. but I got close. Ooh. I got so close. Do you hear nice. that, Kay? Do you hear think, that, Kay? <laughs> she didn't kill anybody. Dude, you're <laughs> not dead. Yes, I am. No, you're not. Disintegrated. Okay, but come on now. Resurrection is completely possible in D&D. <laughs> and we swept you up your ashes and took them with us. Yes. Oh, okay. So you're All right. fine. All right. We, and we got a diamond. He gave us a diamond. We can use resurrection. You're fine. There you go. You even looked at me and were like, oh, well, what a coincidence. It's like, do you want to come back or not, asshole? Right. <laughs> yeah, because resurrection never goes wrong. Right. You just Especially have, in D&D. You just have one of your other characters gather your ashes together, put it get into a capsule, have them smuggle up their butt like, with a wa- like a watch, yeah. and, and get out of that dungeon. There you go. Question is, after that, do you want to be resurrected? I'm not <laughs> doing walking again. I'm not doing that impression. You sure? Yeah. We can do it if you want. No. Nope. <laughs> this character I carried in my ass <laughs> 10 years. That'd be great. That'd actually be a great scene. So you DM'd. Yeah, didn't DM'd. Ki- didn't kill anyone. Almost. No, but I think every... So that game is only three players, right? So it's Barry and two of our other friends. Wow, they're going and so easy on you. I think I made every single one of them go unconscious. One would get unconscious, then they'd res them, and then the other person would knock unconscious, and then they'd res them. Yeah. Right. So I learned the lesson of 
you might have to like play with the hit points on the character that the module comes with and maybe not play with the full character at level one with 75 hit points and a magic sword that does like 1d10 plus 2d4 cold damage to every character every <laughs> sounds time fine to me them. i know she's going easy on him <laughs> rip through him yeah. but it was a good time i had fun it was yeah. good you're Very right fun. they should have a second sword that has fire damage yes really well they're in icewind dale so exactly. that would be too powerful exactly it'd be amazing <laughs> <laughs> oh boy i thought for sure i was going to kill a bunch of people in my first uh, Call of Cthulhu game. And one guy just made the most amazing luck throw thing of the of the only thing that could kill a Shoggoth Lord. And and I was like, uh, all right, the thing starts to expand and, and, and it explodes. And it exploded. <laughs> You're covered in slime and gruesome stuff. And, and I thought I was going to win, but okay. <laughs> Congratulations, game over. Yeah, basically, yeah. It's like the one time we were playing our old campaign, we were still here. And I think Paulette was gone that night, and so I was playing our Dragonborn. who like, And I think we had a jump down. It was like 40 feet down or something. And she was, I was rolling for her, and I was trying to do athletics. It was not working. And um, Barry was like, well... Roll acrobatics. Okay. Dragonborn, like paladin. That was not going to work. I rolled a nat 20. Oh. Like the one time I was like, yeah. yes, she didn't die. <laughs> You're like the anti-Will Wheaton. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and I think she had the best roll of everyone for that check. So, yeah. yeah. Nope. Yeah. This guy already had like amazing, he, he'd loaded up his like athletic stuff like throw and then he had like an extreme win and I was like okay you get it into the thing's mouth and <laughs> it swallowed the thing and boom I, that sounds like a description of Anakin Skywalker to me but <laughs> I feel like that's that time right where you're supposed to be like do I let them win though do do I well I apparently if it's you yes <laughs> well and I jeez and I tend to go okay everyone roll luck <laughs> Do you want to use some luck points? Well, that's, uh, as a side note, everybody should get on YouTube and check out uh, Seth Skorkowski's TPK, where he didn't, oh, yeah. he didn't roll anything. They, the, the, the gaming group TPK'd themselves. Yeah. Really? How do you yeah. TPK yes. yourself? Well, he, he they, they, this is, it, it's Cthulhu, right? Uh, or, oh no! Or cyber? What it? No, it was Cthulhu. I think so. And there, there is a critical fumble that is actually like built into the mm -hmm. game, as opposed to you know homebrew, like in D and D. And and he had this. They, the players had this incredible chain of uh, critical fumbles. Oh my! Yeah, but like fumbling grenade throws and shooting, and and then he does a little amusing reenactments. And but it's his story of how his. His, and it was the first session of new campaign, and they TPK'd themselves. That's another level right there. Yeah. And, and dude, they had substitute characters so that if a character died, you just pull in the new character and okay. jump in. All of them. No way. All of them. All the sub-characters also died. <laughs> wow. Yeah, so it is actually funny. That's when you go, my uh, paladin had a sister. <laughs> yeah, really? Named Alice. Yeah, I'm everybody had a sister. Genuinely impressed. Oh my god! 
Anything else you do, Deb? Um, I babysat Barry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so I just want to paint the picture. You are now here in Vegas. Yes. Barry is, you left him behind in Texas. With our cat, yes. With a cat and a mostly empty house full of display furniture. Yes. Where he is going absolutely stir crazy. Absolutely crazy. I yes. want everybody to just enjoy that in your mind. Let let the cinema of your <laughs> imagination just take hold of Barry just spinning in his chair, making goofy noises, which he just calls Thursday. Yeah. <laughs> if you if you want, guys, to cheer up Barry, uh, go ahead and message him on Facebook with pictures of you having fun. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Just doing just, things with all your collectibles and yes. all of the cool things that you you love in your house. Mm. And do that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Show and, them how fun your house is. Yes. And and uh, uh, we'll be posting a link uh, to the address there so you can send them more decorative pillows. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad you are here, Deb. I am too. Thank you. And <laughs> and are going to stay. I love it so much. Just and we're to... even looking at houses. Yay! Oh boy! Nice. I know. Which a chore anywhere you go, but yeah. Vegas. Thank especially. goodness they finally leveled off. Jeez. For now. Yeah. Well, probably for the near term. Because <laughs> interest rates are going to go up apparently next year. So. Well, if we're lucky, the market will crash just before Barry and Deb make their move. There you so go. So they'll get a great deal. Hopefully. We can wish. Who knows? And In then... six months, there could be a lot of foreclosures. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they might be able to pick up my house for a buck. Although if karma is any value, you two probably even each other out because you, you, you are pure good karma, Deb. And, and Barry is the opposite of that. He is, he is <laughs> chaotic he is the, evil. He is, the yes. nether, he is the nether realm of karma. They're kind of the proof that the black hole leads to a white hole right. somewhere in the universe and the, you know, all the energy just comes out. And Actually, I'm not sure if he's evil. He's just chaotic in right. general. Right, yeah. Barry. I don't think he could even decide whether he's good or evil. It's just he's just too chaotic to to put be put in either category. It's true. it's true. Barry would help an old lady across the street just to fuck with the drivers on the street. <laughs> yep. So. You're right. Chaotic neutral. That is. <laughs> I've I've never chaotic neutral was always that it, enigma in D and D. Like, I, how do you even play that? Oh. You just meet Barry and you have a template. There you go. Okay. So. Absolutely not. Let's get it out of the way. Absolutely. <laughs> no, I did yeah. play Warhammer, uh, Munchkin Warhammer 40K. Oh, that's true. You did uh, lose with, that with game. Ca- <laughs> <laughs> with, with Commander K and Mrs. Maple Leaf. That, and that was great, too, because it was like, this is my game. This, and, and by the way, folks, it is pretty funny. It's, it's, it's Munchkin funny. So. You know, we, we have our favorite card, which is... Uh, the oh, unpainted. Unpainted. <laughs> unpainted. Minus five, the monster. Minus five, the monster. Right, so, you, so you play that card, and the monster is weaker because it's an unpainted, unpainted monster. Unpainted, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that and just howled. I couldn't... I just... I was, <laughs> that's awesome. I think I sent you the photo of You that, did, and, and it is like, glorious. It was like, yeah. That's all I did, pretty much. Just that. That's pretty nice, though. How did, uh, oh, no. And then we broke out the old DC deck builder. The classics. One, yeah. Which is the best deck builder still to date. Nice. I concur. Yeah, yeah. When we yeah. were in the gaming store, like, a few weeks ago, they have how many versions of DC deck they builder now? They got bajillions. Lots. It's yeah. ridiculous. But it still can't and we touch play the them all. 
Still can't touch the original. No, you, you I play agree. them all at once. Yeah, don't you? Yeah, at once. Yeah, are they expansions or they're just? Yeah, you can add them all in if you want. They are technically not expansions. <laughs> You just come. You went crazy and just said, "Let's just, just figure it out." Doesn't okay. care. And and I will tell you this: do not get the crisis expansion. Yeah, was it, it really will, bad? It will make your bowels bleed. Wow, that's the destroying one, right? Where you destroy like everything. You destroy your bowels. Just, yeah. Everything no, no. makes you unhappy and miserable. <laughs> everything makes that's you unhappy right. and miserable. Or is wow. it? They yeah. gave me the crisis because expansion for my colonoscopy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What happens with the crisis is, as you're dro- going through the deck, a random crisis will will appear, and oh, then yes. every hand you then and it affects everyone in the game for as long as that crisis card is out. And it's things like you can only play four cards a hand. You can only, mm. you know, uh, uh, if you are if you are holding any villains, throw them back into the lineup. And now the now the villain that you're supposed to kill is his points plus three points for every uh, villain I, in the lineup. I'm sorry. I don't see the problem with this. Of course, it's you. <laughs> it's you. Because <laughs> you like everyone to lose. That's right. You're and, talking to the guy who, who held on to a single uh, I like resource chaos for in the pit. Game. Yes. For pit. A I single resource. I know. And oh. then, oh, do you want to trade anything, Todd? No, I'm good. And we're wondering, why the fuck isn't... Okay, uh, I'm pretty sure I was playing that same game. Yes. We were all there. there. Anyway, yeah. So don't get the Crisis expansion. It sounds like you should get it. No. For for DC deck building, right? We haven't uh, broken open uh, Paulette's uh, DC metal, which... The metal actually is fuck. It it just looks beautiful. Actually, next game night, I'd like to try out my Harry Potter deck builder game that I just bought. Oh, my gosh. Okay. I'm down. So, Steve, which would be worse... Uh, Crisis, or if they did something based on Flashpoint, because that they would have, change like everything. Because I, I, be, I just they, looked up to see, and there's not one. That listed, would be but fun though. There is, there is a Flashpoint expansion. Is there? I just looked up. It didn't Probably come in up. The, so. the small little pack, right? Yeah. Uh, so yeah. that one is an expansion. Oh, not okay. a base game. Yeah. yeah. Like your character dies and it's replaced by your father. Well, just any time Flash goes back in time, he change one little change. Has there like literally I, infinite number of everyone pass your hand to the right. Yeah, <laughs> it's something exactly. like that. Yeah. I, I pass your deck to the right. Yeah, yeah. I actually, I think <laughs> Todd's like, yes, please. <laughs> I do think that there's something in in that one, or it's. I know there's one in one of them where if you get this one specific card and you have everything that sets up with it, you can play it, and then you can change out your hero. You know, so yeah, you can change your hero for. That's not chaotic enough for Todd. What? Or it's a random draw. Still like it. (laughs) (laughs) See, that's that's. I think it should be a random draw if you're gonna. I mean, because he would change things and not know what happened. You converted Deb to more chaos. Oh, we have all kinds of house rules when we play that stupid thing. Deb, we've we've started recording. Yes. Your earphones are around your neck. Yes. I don't. Okay. I like one ear, and it's hard to do. Oh, ear. well, excuse me. <laughs> I will make sure. I like how you're. You you got them on. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I don't, I'm sorry. I like one ear, so I can still he's, hear. He's, he's missing Andy. Andy is usually the butt of all of his jokes. So you're sitting next to him. So she's got headphones around her neck. Yes. 
uh, it's bone, just bone conductivity. <laughs> <laughs> I actually do have aftershocks. So I wear those mostly, and that's they just sit right here. Yeah. You don't put them in your ear. So I can still hear things. But you don't mm-hmm. actually need the headphones. That's kind of funny, too, because I actually have my nose nose my nose canceling ear. I have my nose canceling I have my noise canceling earphones on so I don't hear anything if it's not on a mic I feel like I need those now I went so with this new job I went from 100% remote to 100% in an office oh you and I sit in a cube where Ooh. my old job I used to have an office <laughs> and yeah and I'm on conference calls and so it's like I'm getting used to being around people again and I'm getting used to all this background noise. And my boss is like, oh, da, da. I'm like, that wasn't me. <laughs> so I mute myself. And then people are talking. And they're like, Deb, your, your mic is muted if you're trying to talk. Do you see my mouth moving? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, I want to see that just sitting there. Dude, you're muted if you're trying to talk. <laughs> <laughs> so the office wasn't a negotiating point of the, uh, the new job. No, unfortunately. Mm. Not with this industry. Steve, what did you do this week? Um, watch the bus. <laughs> what? Why would you start talking? Uh, uh, move your mic uh, That's why we put earphones on. <laughs> yeah, so I can catch myself doing something stupid with the microphone. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Anyway. That was an Andy thing right there. Well, <laughs> Steve, too. Turned yeah. to cough into the microphone. Yes. So a friend of mine was posted something on Facebook that uh, Paramount Plus had a whole bunch of, like, old American International Oh. Uh, movies from the right. 50s and 60s. Old monster movie kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Cheesy yeah. ones. Oh, yeah. Mystery Science Mystery Theater fodder. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so I went to look and I was like, oh, wow. And I was flipping through there. And the and the two that caught my mind, that caught my eye uh, was one that I had actually had a Jones to find about six months ago was, um, was The Color Out of Space. I'm sorry. Die Monster Die. Because <laughs> 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 I remember trying to watch it as a kid and going, mm, I don't get this. Um, and so I, and the other one was Dunwich Horror, but I held off on that one. Uh, and so I was, I started watching this and I was like, okay, this so far. So, oh, okay. Now it's, wow, this is not making a lick of sense whatsoever. Um, it it is the same basic story as Colorado Space. A meteor crashes in a remote country town farmhouse thing, starts causing mutations in the in the plants and people. Um, but like randomly, and 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 not all the mutations are bad. Like, and this is where it starts. What to kind not- of Lovecraft story is that? Yeah, <laughs> it's. It's like I've got super speed. Well, the Boris Karloff character is using the shards of the meteor to help his plants grow, and they're huge. And it's like it's like these giant tomatoes and all this kind of stuff. Meanwhile, his maid and his wife, who've been spending time out in the greenhouse, are all they're all you know grossed out, and then his butler starts to dissolve from the inside out. And and then they add on to that when they go into the cellar where the meteorite's being s- stored, there's all this Satan worship stuff all over the place. And yet, there, I mean, I think there's mention of there being a curse on the farm, but it's like, well, just grab a can of paint and paint over that stuff. <laughs> it's like, you know, because Car- Carlos' character has 
doesn't do any Satan worshiping. He's just all flipped out about this meteor that's causing his plants to grow, some of them to grow. Some of the others uh, are, again, look like they've been burned from the inside out. And so the the sort of audience identification character played by Nick, Nick Adams, who was in a whole bunch of B-movies back in the day. Lots uh, of Godzilla movies. Yeah. Go, Nick. <laughs> exactly. And he was banging his co-star. That's it. And so he's walking through the forest where the thing hit and the trees are kind of all dissolving into ash as he touches them. And, and I was just like, so this just, it just really didn't make any sense at all. And Karloff has a daughter. She's fine. He's basically fine. He's in a wheelchair, but he's other than that, he's basically fine. You can walk just, now? Oh, right. the meteor's he, awesome. He, he <laughs> does do a thing where he has to take the, the destroyed body of his butler out and put him in a shallow grave. And so he puts the box with his butler in it into the wheelchair and then kind of shoves it out while he's walking with a cane and then digs the grave all by himself and all this and I'm just like who wrote this script because Mick G <laughs> yeah um, and so anyway I was like well I'm going to hold off on watching any more of these until I get out to Vegas and then and then you know I, I sold it to Kirsten and Jeff the other night I go hey want to watch bad bad B movies from the 50s and 60s Jeff was excited. Yeah, <laughs> dude. I, I well, I'll, I'll let him finish, but um, I, I'll pop in when on the, he gets to the two that I like that we watched. Oh, I, I, I think I'll. I was actually going to leave it to you two guys to talk about the oh. rest of them. Oh, there we are. Um, well, you talk about it. We'll interject. And then the other thing is, I have started reading Billy Summers, uh, which is actually a pretty fun read, and again, not very horrific. It's, it's. Uh, Stephen King doing more of a crime novel thing, which is fun and and very readable in that very readable Stephen King style and you know very much a page turner. And the other thing is, I got how many people here have read Philip Jose Farmer? No. Okay. No. Familiar with his work, but never read it. Okay, so he's most famous for the Riverworld series, but he also did another one called The World of Tears. Um, and um, and then he also started another series called uh, Daybreak, which the premise of that is the population is... We're so overpopulated that the Earth can't really sustain the population. You mean like now? Yeah. Yeah. And so what they've done is they've invented a technology that will actually turn you to stone... And then you only get to live on like Wednesday, and then other people get to live on Tuesday, and other people get, to, you know. So you're only dealing with the seventh, uh, with yeah, one seventh of the population on any one given day, and all of those days have different political systems and different mores and all this kind of stuff. As that they, sounds interesting. Yeah, as it's gotten far, and of course, one guy has figured out how, how to, to cheat the system. How to cheat the system? So, and they're called daybreakers. So. Um, so that's pretty fun. But the the other thing, the re, when I first learned of Philip Jose Farmer was when I was basically in junior high, and I was really into into the Doc Savage reprints. And he wrote the authorized biography of Doc Savage, so I read that. And in that, and he had earlier written an authorized biography of Tarzan, and in both cases, he he writes these as if these people actually existed. But Edgar Rice Burroughs and Lester Dent romanticized or exaggerated their exploits and everything. 
And at the end of each book, he actually comes up with a family tree of all of these other fictional characters that they are related to. And it all goes back to, to the Wald Newton meteor incident in the south of England, which was an actual meteor that hit that. But it, the people that were driving by were affected by the radiation, and so their descendants all had you know, greater intelligence or greater strength, et cetera, et cetera. And so that's, that's when we learn that, you know, Moriarty and Holmes are, in fact, cousins, you know, once or twice removed and all this kind of stuff. So, so he set up this, he basically did back in the 70s what Alan Moore and others did later where they started to do these crossovers with all these fictional characters kind of meeting up and all this type of thing. Mr. Farmer has since died, but there are... There is a group of people that have added to that, uh, the Wald Newton universe. And, and again, their whole thing is, it's a game, and we, and we have these rules of the game about crossovers and who knows who and all this kind of stuff. And they said, for instance, we could go crazy given all of the comic book exploits in which Spider-Man has met Doc Savage or Batman's met the Shadow and all this. So as much as we want to honor those crossovers, bringing a whole bunch, we still want all of these things to have actually taken place in the real world. The real world doesn't have superheroes in it. So we have to be careful with that kind of thing. So that if we, if, if for, for instance, if the Shadows um, Paramore Margot Lane is related to Lois Lane, it has to be the Lois Lane of the 30s in which Superman couldn't fly, he could only leap an eighth of a mile and you know, had limited super strength and invulnerability because he can't be a full-on superhero. And, and same thing with Batman. Batman is an urban legend uh, in New York City because, of course, there's no Gotham City in the real world or, and, of course, there's no Metropolis either. So... They'll bend these little things, but basically, it's this, you know, again, it's this game, and there's tons of writers playing it, uh, adding just adding to that mythology and everything. So I picked up a couple of those books over COVID and been reading this one with again all these, all these biographical. Wait, wait, wait! wait. Did you say you picked it up over at, at COVID? Yeah, where's that no. located? Uh, over state COVID. of Texas. Yes, <laughs> yes, and Florida, Texas and Florida. And Florida. And Florida. <laughs> <laughs> um. But I picked up uh, the most recent one. It wasn't a bunch of short stories. It was all these essays, again, kind of treating these people as if they were real life people and doing the doing the detective work on. Well, how did how could they have done this and who's this and like there's an alternate history of Moriarty where Moriarty actually is Captain Nemo because if you look at the dates of Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea and Mysterious Island the Prince Dakar story doesn't hold water because the dates don't match up. <laughs> so Clever. Yeah. I like, I, one of the things I love about that is that Farmer basically created this pastiche universe. Yes. yes. And after he's passed, people are now pastiching his pastiche, which is, is just great. Yeah. And it was very inventive. He is a very good writer. I'm, uh, I'm reading... Uh, or I have read his Opar yes. novels, which are from Tarzan, Tarzan and the Lost City of Opar. Well, he actually wrote 
stories about Opar when it was not a lost city. It was a colony of Atlantis. And uh, I'm not, the characters don't grab me, but just the sheer literacy of his writing. He's a very good writer. He, it's it's very well written. So Yeah, I went on a whole, I was eating up any farmer I could get my hands on, even the stuff that wasn't connected to any of his mainstream series. Yeah, he's just a really great writer. And I heartily recommend Philip Jose Farmer. Jeff, what'd you do this week? Well, uh, the big thing was a uh, friend of the show, Darren and I, uh, <laughs> you know, Cork's most famous bartender. Uh, we, t- <laughs> we, we drove down to, oh, wait, wait, to wait. Disneyland. It's Darren and Darren's friend, which is you. Yeah, I know, right? Okay, Somebody right. tagged me on that. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. He actually called me out on that. We were, uh, we were in Oga's Cantina, and he goes, why do people keep doing that? It kind of pisses me off. And I'm like, it's just, it became the butt of a joke. And, <laughs> and so now everybody is doing it. And I explained it in detail to him, and and he's like, okay, well, I get that, but still, it's like, why does everyone on your fan base do that to you? And I'm like, because <laughs> that's our it's fan base. Because that's our fan base, and that's just kind of how things are. Uh, so yeah, uh, we drove down to uh, to Disneyland um, mostly to go check out uh, Avengers Campus, which was very cool. Um, it still feels like there's something like missing to draw everything in together, but uh, I, I think part of it is because they're still not doing like indoor seating in uh, at least in Avengers Campus for the the place to eat. It's it's all outdoor seating, and there's DCA does not have a lot of shade. Like I actually got sunburned because last time we spent um, the majority of our time at Disneyland. You're, you're inside or you're in the shade all the time, but DCA just does not have a lot of shade. I use their own um, shade at DCA for yes. not having shade. And, well, I mean, it was a parking lot. Right. But I mean, <laughs> like they have the umbrellas and stuff over some of the seating, but not all of the seating. And of course, people are moving them around and, you know, people are sitting under the umbrellas and they stay there quite a while. So you're either, you can either stand with your food next to a tree or something or you can sit at it sit at a table that's out in the middle of the sun yeah but uh did get to go on web slingers which is the new uh the new big attraction there so Um, without giving anything away yes or no i like it i feel like it's just a tad too short how long was it it's very quick it's very quick um i want to say you have four total scenes where you get to do the web slinging, and then it's just done. So wow. even though we had the virtual queue and we were maybe in line for 20, 25 minutes after our queue got called, the ride is super quick. So that's that's probably my only uh, complaint about web slingers. But uh, the campus itself is really neat. Uh, they have people walking around in character. They have the occasional um, fight sequence. Uh, and it's very interesting because they have recordings of the various actors that played the various parts like they have uh scarlett johansson's voice work for um for uh black widow and too soon man too and soon. of course the actors are lip syncing with that uh they have um uh, uh thor they have chris hemsworth lines pre-recorded for thor and his character um you know, lip syncs to those. Uh, unless they're actually walking around talking to you, then it's the, the actors in you know th- that's portraying the character in the park. It's their own real voice. But 
It was Hi, kind of I'm Thor, God of Thunder. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it was just a lot. Scarlett Johansson got fired. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Uh, definitely recommend going and checking it out. Uh, if you go, definitely go on a weekday because right now, um, well, it, the closer you get to Halloween, it's going to start bumping up. But if you go on a weekday, it's it's really comfortable crowd levels. Um, there's there's enough distancing uh, inside. Any ride that's inside, you have to wear your mask, which not a big deal. I wore my mask for most of the time while I was in the park, but. Um, social distancing is not really a problem with the the crowd levels at the parks right now. Um, just maybe on the occasional ride, like when we went on Pirates of the Caribbean, you know, Darren and I sat in the front row, so it wasn't that big a deal. But you know, they're they were only putting like two people in a row on that run, and certain certain other rides, like uh, when we did, uh, uh, oh, what's the cars uh, racing? Um, it's the cars racing. Oh. Um, it has a name, and I'm totally blanking on it. Radiator Springs. Yes. Radiator, Radiator, Radiator Springs Racers. Yes. Um, that's three to a row, and you are shoulder to shoulder. So, But they do make you wear your mask when you get on that particular ride. So that didn't uh, bother me too much. And it's also, it's like a three-minute ride once everything's said and done. So um, did spend, of course, a lot of time in Galaxy's Edge. And, uh, you know, we spent, like, the basic, the first day in Avengers Campus and then the second day, the first half there, and then we went over to, to Disneyland. and uh, So, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Had a good uh, good trip. It's the first time I've been outside of the state of Nevada since January of 2020. So, um, But I also did a couple other things. Um, I got to, uh, when I was at uh, Kirsten's place, uh, the two movies that Steve played that I really enjoyed uh, were, uh, <laughs> well say enjoyed uh <laughs> the dunwich horror which was oh just my. it was fascinating it's so bad it's just so bad it's good yes it's definitely mst fodder yeah uh yeah. dean stockwell is in dean it Dean stockwell yeah a very it, he's so young you don't recognize you, him at first you you actually you're like who is that guy and you're that like, mustache know, was that? fake wasn't that mustache fake I don't know. I, that seemed like a fake mustache. It seemed like both the mustache and the eyebrows. Were. Yeah, those eyebrows. What the fuck? <laughs> but yeah, it's a, it's a 1970 film, so you definitely see that late 60s, early 70s transition to filmmaking. So yeah, that was, yeah. that was uh, rather interesting. But yeah, uh, Sandra D. Dean Stockwell, Ed Begley, Sr., uh, just a very fascinating... And it's uh, based on... Um, Stephen King, right? No. <laughs> Dean Koontz. God damn it. H.P. Lovecraft. It's Richard yes, Lehman You're joint. totally throwing me off my, 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 my train of thought here. Throwing out authors. Yes. Here's another. But uh, yeah, uh, that was a lot of fun. And the one that I really enjoyed uh, was the comedy of terrors. The, the, uh, that? Vincent, Vincent Price, Peter Lorre, Boris Karloff. I mean, I, I was laughing my ass off at that, that thing. It is just was so... good. It just so... Silly, but there's enough highbrow humor in there, as well as all the lowbrow and the. Uh, and Vincent Price is, yes. is actually he's he's actually hitting some high notes there. He was yeah. Funny. He's very amusing <laughs> through the whole thing. And there's this there's this one bit where Basil Rothbone dies like five times. Yes, <laughs> it's so funny, and he's he's quoting Shakespeare while doing it. And it's, <laughs> 
it's was, it was great. great. We're out though. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. It's mostly the Scottish play. But. Yeah. It's just <laughs> tomorrow and tomorrow. Oh, well, and actually, every time he woke up and what place is this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. God, it was. It oh, was it's definitely worth checking out if it, you it, have. One, uh, one point, he has a line like "When I die" and something like that, and Price is like, "I'll believe that when I see it." <laughs> yeah. What, what was this movie called? Comedy of Terror. The, the Comedy of Terror. The Comedy of uh, Terror. 1960. Uh, I just closed it. Yeah. I had the page open. But again, another American International movie and written by Richard Matheson. Wow. And yeah. his biography? Comedy of, what was it? Comedy of Terrors. The oh, Comedy yeah. of Terrors. Yeah. Yeah. And his biography. And it was, it was, and I, I, Kirsten looked, at, looked it up. Uh, Karloff is supposed to have the part that went to Basil Rathbone, but his arthritis was getting in the way of all the physicality. There's no way he physicality. could do it. Yeah, it's a very... It, it, yeah, I mean, it's an incredibly physical <laughs> yeah. movie. Yeah. yeah, Peter Laurie actually does a bunch of Pratt, Pratt Falls in it. He, he does a, a shitload. He does a shitload. He just... <laughs> <laughs> oh, my little, my little nightingale. Oh, the, the interaction... <laughs> The interaction between Peter Lorre and Vincent Price is yes. just, if you'll pardon the pun, it's priceless. I mean, it's just <laughs> its just so much fun. Yeah. Because yeah. the back and forth between the two, just uh, it's so well written. Yeah. Um, they don't make 19- movies like that anymore. Like 1963, I think. Uh, Mid-60s. Mid-60s? Yeah. yeah. I'll have to, I, well, I just closed the page, so. Damn it, Jeff. Uh, yeah. Uh, I'm also uh, continuing to watch... Uh, only Murders in the Building. I'm really enjoying that series. Um, I started The Lost Symbol on Peacock, which is the the, the Dan Brown series. Uh, it's only one episode, and it's, of course, a weekly release strategy. Um, but the first episode had me intrigued, so I'm interested to see where that goes. And last but not least, I really liked the most recent episode of What If... Um, uh, that was funny. The one that was. What if Thor was an only child? Oh, I haven't seen it yet. That episode had me laughing hysterically <sighs> yeah. okay. throughout. Please it's don't ruin just. It. Oh no, I'm just. It's, well, there's it's the just, part where it's fun. Yeah. It's it's amusing. It's fun. It's lighthearted. Um, Talk some more about it. They bring the entire voice cast. They bring minus, everybody minus one or two key characters um like i said i'm trying not to give away too much bill but, bixby um, as bruce banner <laughs> nicholas hammer as spider-man but yeah it's it's so much fun it was just so enjoyable and i could not stop laughing throughout so it was enjoyable that's that's my week nice so far. we watched um the well at the time was the most recent episode of lower decks oh yes so, i'm not caught up on that either because yeah. Should talk about that too. Yeah. Well, the one thing I'll say, Steve says it hilariously. This series is just so goofy and funny. Oh, I love the series. And the series is so great. It is so wonderful that the pack leads are the big bads <laughs> of the series. <laughs> yes, it is just so fucking ridiculous. It really is. Uh, <laughs> it's just We've crazy. Captured Janeway. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here to broker um, peace. Yeah. <laughs> With that look on her face. Yeah. <laughs> My hat's not big enough to... Oh, God. Yeah. Well, get me a bigger hat. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's just... Yeah. And all the references they make are so great. Even, like, the... You have to, like... 
Barry sometimes, oh my God, did you see? I'm like, what are you even talking oh, about? Yeah, well, no. And he'll rewind. They'll and do like, some deep cuts, man. Yeah. yeah. Like the, what was it? The collector's episode. Oh, yeah. Jesus. Oh, he rewound it. like so packed. He rewound it like three or four times. And he's mm-hmm. like, that's that? And that's that? And I'm like, well, we, were, we died. did you see that? We fucking died when that giant Spock skeleton showed <laughs> Yes. We fucking were crying. Yeah. That shit was so funny. Hey, it makes the animated series canon. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh my That's god. Right. Well, and it, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's even more animated series canon coming up. Oh my god. Yeah, you know, Jeff and I were dying on. You guys will see it when you see it. I'm cut up until this week. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. It is just yeah. It's precious. So. <laughs> it's it's just such a well written series. Oh, it, um, absolutely. Yeah. And. And they don't like directly point poke fun at all the other stuff. It literally is written in a way that those that's how those characters, if they were live action characters, would probably reference happenings that would happen in that universe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I I just like the way that everything it, it, you know it's not comedy for comedy's sake. No. But it it's not afraid to point out the ridiculousness of things that we yeah. take as serious in Star Trek yeah. for yeah. the last. 50 yep. the uh the impassioned speech bit from this last episode mm. yeah hi oh the captain's group or whatever yeah, the, yeah. Red shirts. the red shirts the red shirts are you the sure red we want to call yeah, <laughs> which is just another uh, not so deep cut but it's He's like, it's yeah. a wonderful little yeah. how often did he play his trombone <laughs> <laughs> i need to get a brass instrument yeah yeah um yeah, what I because I have friends that haven't watched it yet. And I, I said, yeah, it. I can't. I don't want to oversell it, but it is. It's really, really funny, and even in all that funny and goofy, it still manages to be Star Trek. Yes. yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I said, I. I don't know any other way to to sell it to you. It's really funny, and it's still Star Trek. Yeah. Yeah. They do it. What was? What else did you and I watch? Master of the World. Oh, Master of the World. Another Vincent Price joint. And, yeah. and Richard Matheson. R- Richard okay, Matheson. Okay, so if you had to pick, because I, I only really remember seeing Vincent Price like towards the end, right? So like Edward Scissorhands and a couple of other mm. things. I have never really seen a Vincent Price film um, where he's like, you know, the main Mask lead. of the Red Death. What would so? What would you say? House yes, of Wax, maybe like the, the original House, House of Wax, but also the House on Haunted Hill. Yes. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's fun. Mm-hmm. Like the original House on Haunted Hill. Yeah, yep. yeah. It's been remade a num- well, yeah, number I, number yeah. of times. Yeah. We uh, uh, oh, a month ago we watched the very first uh, I Am Legend, the whole last man fighting. When vampires. was that one made? The first movie. That one. Fifty something. When was the book written? Fifties. Fifty something. Oh, so it was like right after the book yeah. was written. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, again, there hasn't yeah. really ever there, been there, a faithful never adaptation. Been a, yeah, haven't been a full one. Um, the Heston it, version is kind of it's kind goofy. of goofy. It's kind of funny because, well, I don't know about the Will Smith, but the Price and the Heston, in their own ways, do go to the book, mm-hmm. but in different areas. It's kind of funny. Yeah. Yeah. You could you, it'd actually be funny to do a, a kind of fan edit. Where you pull from all the movies that the book is so you actually get from, actually and book? <laughs> you kind of get there, yeah. But because uh, uh, one of the the fun conceits, which they sort of do in the Vincent Price, is that the vampire hunter is the terror of the community. 
yeah. he's the he's the day hunter it's yeah. like they're all terrified of him because during the daytime he's going around staking See, vampires the Will Smith one he doesn't hunt them at all he's, he's trying to stay away he's trying to cure and it gets kind of wacky and so the book the now, book really is like about a vampire hunter um kind of sort of because it's one of the first attempts to scientifically explain vampires so it's a virus and and they, it explains like the sunlight. There's the sunlight allergy. That's an interaction and the garlic allergy and the gal- garlic allergy and stuff like that. So it's an attempt to scientifically explain vampirism. Uh, yeah, but it, the big you know, twist is that you think it is about the this soul remaining human out trying to kill the vampires, and then he gets captured and realizes they've actually figured out how to have a society that he never sees because because he's out in the daylight and right yeah and so and so the the twist is that the last human has actually become the monster the boogeyman right and that's like (laughs) that's in omega man yeah because he gets captured and put on trial and yeah so it it's it's funny the 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 cherry picking that goes along Mm. yeah so but uh (laughs) yeah uh oh god i can't even remember what else we watched because we watched a few things but mm-hmm. i think that was that was a lot of the gems i before steve came into town saw probably the most crazy movie ever made oh my prisoners of Ghostland. <laughs> and i think my non-spoiler review will be if hodorowski bought a tarantino script but then saw fury road and told David Lynch, I make more Fellini movie than you. And Jim Jarmusch screams, Kurosawa Zardoz! That sounds like a clusterfuck. That's a hell of a description. Dude, that's that movie. (laughs) Nicolas Cage's character. Okay, Nicolas Cage is all you had to say. Is the (laughs) sanest character in this movie. And uh, I checked. I checked up on the uh, the Japanese director. I don't know how it's correctly pronounced. I'll say Sion uh, Sono. He actually. Oh, that's Todd. He can pronounce it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he actually uh, is a something of an avant-garde, wacky director, and so Cage is a good fit for this. And this thing seriously is weird. It seriously is weird. Every element I named is like in there. So. It's it's just, and I, I I'm not gonna call it bad. I can't sit here and say it's a great movie because I've seen some weird movies where I'm like, oh wow, that was just tremendous. But this, this is sort of like, I like it, but I don't know. Yes, yeah, you know. So, but I definitely one thing I would say is if you watch it, then we have a great vocabulary for. It's not Prisoners of Ghostland weird, but it's a weird movie, you know? This thing was way... This is Prisoners of Ghostland territory, y'all, you know? And people will be like, wow, y'all. that's really fucking weird. I yeah. was getting away from y'all. Oh, yeah. What are y'all talking about? Give her the yeah. DTs. Mm-hmm. Y'all gonna have to get used to that. Mm-hmm. You should really watch the Adam Ruins Everything about the word y'all. It's, it's great. I love, I love wow. that show, Adam Ruins Everything. I love that show. I, I, I love the show, but... That fucking hair. <laughs> Jesus what are you, Christ. jealous? <laughs> jealous of the two-foot-tall bouffant? Yeah. I think that was like the big, I All guess, right. the big thing that didn't involve other people because other people were, 
coming. Uh, but yeah, we uh, and the like like we mentioned before, the Warhammer Munchkin is hilarious. <laughs> That's it's. I don't. I mean, the games are pricey to buy just to be entertained. But at the same time, if you're a real fan of something deep, I think it's worth it. Like when uh, when I saw the Conan. What are you, uh, going through the racist uh, no, subreddits no, 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 on Reddit? No, uh, no, 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 I'm just reading the description of uh, Princess Ghostland. <laughs> oh, yeah. no, Dude, it's fucking crazy. Yeah. And that description actually kind of makes it a little more comprehensible. Because it really... What? Go ahead, read it. Yeah. In the treacherous frontier city of Samurai Town, a yep. ruthless bank robber... Who's the bank robber? Uh, yeah. Okay. Gets sprung by from jail by a wealthy warlord whose adopted granddaughter has gone missing. Yep. He offers the prisoner his freedom in exchange for retrieving the runaway. Strapped into a leather suit that will self-destruct in five days, mm. the bandit sets off on a journey to find the young woman and his own path to redemption. Any of that... Uh, that is all true, and it makes it sound a much more stable movie than it is. <laughs> I, 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 I want people to see it just so I can hear their reactions to it. But I mean, I mean seriously, it. There are moments in that movie when you're just, you know, and and I meant the Fellini thing. There were moments in there I was like, Jesus. It's what, what service is it on? Uh, that's a good question. Where the hell did I see it? Netflix, um, Amazon, Hulu, mm, Amazon. Yes and no. Maybe. All right, get back. Possibly, to me on we'll that. get back to it on that. Fix it in post. Um, and I think that's. I think that's it. That's. Uh, I really love what Cage is doing. He is definitely in a zone of I don't give a fuck. Yeah. And it's not. It's not. He takes the check and goes, I don't give a fuck. It's like, well, dude, this is like Hodorowski took a Tarantino script and, and he's I like, I, like I don't give a fuck. Yeah. And, and then he picks it up. That, and, and it's just, it's wonderful. Is he like, well, at least it's not jujitsu. Let me give it to you. <laughs> <laughs> so, Barry actually watched Pig and we liked it. Pig. It was good. It's an, and it's an outstanding performance too. You totally, you totally think, oh, we know where this is going. And then it doesn't quite go there. No. And then you're like, wow. It's one of the more... Yeah, it's actually... It's, this yes. is a good story. Yes. Are this, you wow or wow? Yeah. No. Wow. <laughs> I will say, though, this is my OCD speaking. I'm like, when is he going to wash all the blood and the cuts that he's been getting the entire time? Yeah. <laughs> the entire time. <laughs> and it's so funny, too, because he, like, starts walking into restaurants yes. and places. <laughs> nice fine dining, and he's got, like, a blood, like dried patch on his head because he was unconscious on the floor and he didn't wash yeah. it he literally got up put a jack like put a shirt on and went to town and you're like and this he, is no he used no. to be somewhat <laughs> famous so he's like do, do you know who i am and they're like staring at him <gasps> yeah and they, they realize and they, they literally they're they're so humble and they're like yes now i'm gonna ignore what yeah. i'm seeing in front of me right now even though I shouldn't, but I'm going to yeah. because of who you are. That'd have been great if you'd showed up in that movie, Dad, and you'd just be like, okay, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, and you just like grab a t napkin and dip it in water and you start. I mean, at one point, one of the people, do you need to go to the hospital? He's like, no. Yeah. He's, Deb does the whole mother thing, like grabs a napkin and like licks it. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, I don't see Deb doing that. No. no. Yeah. Water. Especially since you can only do, with Deb, you can only do that once. It's not like she's going to wipe a couple times and then go back to the napkin. <laughs> it's done. But yeah, 
So yeah, Pig is is that's one of his. It's good. That's one of his best performances in a long time. I agree. In a long time. I mean, you know, I that I can definitely say that's not Prisoners of Ghostland. It's a good performance, but that's not you, you see that you see Pig, you're going to you're going to talk about Pig for a while. Uh, yeah. So, and he's cranking them out. Yeah, he is. He's doing like a jillion fucking movies a year. And you've been on a real Nick tear. I, you're looking for Nick movies. Dude, it's every time he shows up, I'm like, I don't know. I'll Maybe, give it let's a shot. see. Is it in the shit pile or the good pile? Yeah, really. And, you know, even like when it's jujitsu, you have fun laughing about it. Um, uh, but uh, then, then he occasionally, it's like the don't give a fuck because occasionally... I mean, you know, who knows? Maybe they were like, yeah, guy's pig gets mumbled and he goes around looking for, I don't give a fuck, and he takes it, and then, you Turns know. Turns it into that. Yeah, exactly. Two months later, he's like, wow, I did a movie that was good. <laughs> you know? So, yeah, I definitely recommend Pig yeah. uh, as a good movie to watch versus Prisoners, which is just, that's. For the crazy? That's fucking crazy. You got to watch that one. That exploding leather suit got me. Dude. Uh, things explode. It happens. Uh, I won't. I won't. I won't give. I won't give anything away. But was, you're gonna love a couple of those explosions. Maple Leaf likes to watch these things on YouTube about reviews of horror films. Oh yes, Todd. I, I never mention it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He funny likes, that he likes to watch. I can tell you all these things now because I'm staying with them temporarily. So all right, Deb, likes, you've got a mic. What interesting things did he do this week? <laughs> YouTuber uh, Dead Meat. Dead Meat. Dead Meat. Tell me about Dead Meat's work. Oh, fuck. You put me in the spot like that? You brought it up! No, actually, Deb did. But you, you say what you're going to say. Deb, I don't well, remember you saying the words Dead Meat. I did I miss it? I didn't remember the name of the movie, actually. <laughs> no, no. The YouTube channel, Dead Meat. Oh, okay. See, Tell I me. didn't know that either. But what were you going to say about it? Well, that, that one that I, we, this last one we watched... Like the horror movie, the reviewer was just talking about how, like, I think it had the most people killed okay. in a in a horror film period, like, All right. ever. It was a ton. I don't know something Kirsten just said, like, pop made that pop in my head. The Bilko experiment. Okay, you have you seen that one? I have not. Oh, but That's there was <laughs> okay. I will say though, I'm doing it on purpose now. <laughs> All it right. Was... Basically, the premise of the movie is there's an American company in Colombia. Um, so they all show up one day to work, and it's like they, they got to check everything for explosives because it's Columbia, and their security guards are checking. They got the, they got the bomb sniffing dogs and the mirrors under the cars, and they're sending all the Colombians home, only letting the Americans through. So people are like, "What the fuck is this shit?" Like, okay, and the CEO is an American too. So they they show up, and it's just a random office day. You know the office antics. People are. You know, just doing random office shit. I've never worked in an office setting, so you would know more than that about yeah. me. Yeah, well, that's a lot of what they do. But uh, <laughs> and then all of a sudden, all the windows start closing, like um, Judge Dredd, Peachtree. Like the, they all close. No, an announcement came over the loudspeakers, and everybody thought it was fake. But it was like, in five minutes, one person needs to die. And everybody's like looking at each other, and everybody thinks it's a joke and funny. And then the shutters start closing over all the windows and doors. Yeah, the AC gets turned off, everything. So it's becoming oh, the environment. Oh, fuck is that coming. shit. Turning yeah, off so they're, the they're AC. Like, the CEO's like, well, we're just going to wait this out. This is bullshit, blah, blah, blah. And then like the secretary's head explodes. 
Now, why it explodes is because they injected everyone in the American company uh-huh. with a tracker. Yeah. With a tracker. In case they got oh, kidnapped. In case they got kidnapped. Yeah, Bill Columbia. Gates. Yeah, it's Columbia. So it was, it's a good movie. So then they obviously, they they start making their own camps and, you know, the announcement comes on like, okay, well, this person's the lead and Bill from HR's got 30, so you better catch him. <laughs> so it's all, you know, it's So essentially, whoever kills the most people gets wins. to walk out of the building. Yeah. Okay. So, and I will tell you, this channel... You don't need to watch this movie because it reviewed this film in so much depth that you do not need to watch. Oh, this so movie. it's oh, so it's one of those channels where they don't review the movie; they just they tell you what the movie is and completely from beginning to end and break it apart and tell you what they liked and they didn't like about. Yes, yeah, yes. So that's 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 why Matt doesn't have a lot because he watches these and doesn't watch the movies. <laughs> well, thanks, oh, Dad. Thanks for wow. that. Wow, <laughs> dead meat, <Yeah>. dead meat. <laughs> you would probably like it. I probably would. Funny, you didn't bring that up. Speaking of the, <laughs> speaking of YouTube channels, the the chain of recommendations has gotten to at least me about uh, Dark Corners. Yeah, we watch Dark Corner. We can watch a couple uh, Dark Corners reviews. Yeah. So. Yeah. So for for the listening audience, Dark Corners. Well, didn't you recommend? recommend I, I did, but I want to know. And not everybody listens to every single episode. Yeah, not everybody listens to Torgo. Oh, true. That's true. <laughs> In this fucking room. <laughs> I mean, I need. Never mind. Um, <laughs> Who's that guy over there? Yeah. Um, so, Dark Corners is uh, is a YouTube channel where a guy reviews uh, horror movies, uh, and like he goes in in depth on like like entire genres or horror movie actors or uh and then he does like individual horror movie reviews and this type of thing but like you know he does the universal monster movies he does modern stuff he does the hammer horror movies it's really good stuff and you can and i guarantee if you like horror movies and you go to dark corners you'll find videos that you'll be like oh I wonder what this he is does like. some nice documentary level yes stuff yeah and uh his stuff on hammer is amazing he's got a bajillion videos where he talks about hammer horror mm-hmm. how long and, is episodes um he, half hour yeah he doesn't what he does is it's nicely broken up so you get your chunks and mm-hmm. you can watch and it's um yeah, like he'll do Christopher Lee Part One, Christopher Lee Part Two. Yeah, and, and then he'll do like you know, well, Horror of Dracula and, and Dracula's Risen from the Grave, and and his Christopher Lee one is fantastic because he just really goes in depth there talking about Lee, his involvement with Hammer, why he came back, and the whole thing, the relationship with Hammer, which is actually kind of complex and really, 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 really interesting stuff like that. Yeah. Excuse me. That channel. Um, so I, I reviewed uh, Hereditary on there. Um, so I, I believe it was what A twenty four that did that movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't remember that director's name, but it actually got me searching for um, his other one, Midsummer, mm-hmm. which is awesome. And then also I went into that to The Witch. So I went on this like little folk horror like little a- avenue. A twenty four is great horror. Yeah, movies. I love it. And jeez, oh, yeah. now me. now. Did you watch them? Or I did. did you watch the review of watching no. them? Okay. <laughs> the only one I watched the review of was Hereditary. Oh, okay. And that one I don't think I could have watched. See, I could probably actually too dark. get into this channel because I don't like most horror films. Cause but he makes it, like, it's funny. Too, right. Somewhere. Well, and you but. don't have to, well, so, I mean, some horror movies I can watch. Some I can't because they scare the crap out of me. And I have a very vivid, active imagination, especially when I have dreams and 
I just, I can't, I can't give it fodder to crazy my brain while I'm sleeping. So when you're dead asleep, I should open the door and send Megan there. Like, <laughs> All you need to do is just have a little whispering machine and there she's fine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That goes off at random intervals. Hey, with little Children giggling. <laughs> that was the creepiest part of that noise machine, by the way, was the little child. <laughs> oh, God. You're welcome. <laughs> good, oh. good. Yeah. But yeah, those 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 three <laughs> movies in particular were awesome. I'm starting to really like the folk horror. Yes. Is there any more like that? You're you're the big horror guy. Uh Midsummer, uh, if you want to go classic, I would say, although it's a bit more of a slow burn, the original Wicker Man is kind of the thing that kicked off the folk horror movement. Okay. Uh, so search that one out if you can. It's Should I write that down? Yes, please. And that's probably a horror film that you could handle, Deb. Uh it's 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 a slow burn mystery. It's more about atmosphere than anything. You're talking about the 70s version. Yes, the yeah. 70s. Yeah. Make sure you note on there, not the Nick Cage version. <laughs> as much of a Nick fan cast as this is, yes, it's, do not yeah, watch yeah. the it's, Nick Cage version. It's it's so bad. Like Even Nick Cage being Nick Cage doesn't doesn't save the yeah. movie. Christopher it's, Lee it's is, pretty bad. is in that. Yes. And he actually, in, in the uh, Dark Corners reviews, they talk about how that's one of the... One of the ones he's more proud of, too. He's very proud of that. Wait, movie. actually, there's one coming up called Lamb. Uh, I've heard of it. Don't know much about it. Yeah, it's got the girl from... Um, I forget her. Uh, the girl from uh, Prometheus. Um, doc, I forget that her works. name. That works. Yeah, not, not Cat- Catherine Watterson? She had black hair. Not... not um, uh, Charlie's there and the other one. Yeah. Oh, I forget her name. The one that was in Girl with the... Oh, wait, uh, there we go. oh and yes. Prometheus. Sorry, I was thinking of uh, Alien Covenant. Sorry. Yeah. Wrong wrong movie. Nope. Rapace. Yes, yeah. that one. Numi, Numi, I think. Numi, 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 Numi. But it's all... It's actually um, subtitle as well. I think it's all in Swedish, I want to say. But that would be a tough one because I, I don't like reading while I'm watching movies. Nah. So... Actually, Aww. it depends on it depends on the movie though, because sometimes I don't know. I'm not the biggest fan of subtitles, but sometimes I don't know. It it works. Like I can still really pay attention to the film and still read the subtitles. Like, um, uh, Parasite would be one that mm-hmm. would work. Oh yeah, yeah. We yeah. watched that. That was good. Yeah. Same Did- with Beforeners. It's a TV show, but that one also works because I think it's in Swedish or yeah. Dead it's really Snow. Good. <laughs> Nazi zombies on the moon. Nazi zombies. Yeah, oh, that's, wait. that's I, that other I have movie. I've seen that one. That's in my yeah. that's in my list. And to that's watch. in English, but not that one. Yeah, zombies on the moon with the Tyrannosaurus Rex. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> sounds like we're just spitting out randomness now. <laughs> but it's actually, actually Sorry, it sounds meant, like a Nick Cage Nazis pitch on the meeting with the Tyrannosaurus Rex because <laughs> that is that is a movie. I yes. don't give a fuck. Just give me the script. <laughs> <laughs> no, this this week. Fine. This week, uh, War Room Games moved locations. Oh, yeah. Uh, they didn't move far. They just moved like about five doors down from where they used to be. Oh, they took over the church? Uh, I No. They're Is it bigger or smaller? Bigger than that. It's okay. They are easily six to seven times larger than they were. Wow. wow. Yeah, it is a massive open space, and he's got fantastic plans for it. He's working on putting in a bar and, really? and, and uh, limited restaurants. Uh, going to be renting out private rooms in case you want to have board game rooms that they'll be catered by the restaurant. Uh, and it's beautiful. 
it is night and day. Now, the history of War Room games, they were originally called the War Room Closet. Uh, facetiously by the fans because they opened in a space that I it's like the size of Jeff's kitchen it was absolutely tiny yes just stunningly small and then they build up to that next space and now this one they have lots of great plans for that place so if you haven't been to Waru Games or even if you have go check out the new location it is it is probably going to be my home away from home. Yeah. Well, now, there was a gaming cafe that Barry and I went to years ago in Seattle. That sounds just like that. They had a restaurant and bar, but it was a game shop. And you could take the games and try them out and play them while you were sitting in the restaurant. Or they had private rooms that you could rent for like blocks of four hours at a time or whatever. And yeah, it was yeah. amazing. We loved that place. So as so, long as it's not the gaming goat. <laughs> so. Oh, boy. That little gaming cafe that used to be right across from UNLV, unfortunately, closed permanently. Yes, but Meepleville is still around. And yep. uh, frankly, the two don't hold a candle to each other. Meepleville is an amazingly large board game cafe. Cafe, in quotes. Mm-hmm. But it's it's a place to, if you wanted to play and try out board games for cheap, go in Vegas. That's the way to do it. Uh, but really, War Room Games, if you're in the uh, southeast area of Las Vegas, definitely check it out. And the plans he has going forward, I'm so excited to see what he does next. I got to get to building and painting so we can try that out. That unpainted card really hit home. (laughs) (laughs) I'll bet. (laughs) And uh, I have a lot more stuff that I did this week, but we got to move on with the show. So next week, I'll tell you all about Tom Devlin's Monster Museum and one of the most amazing shows out of Korea I have ever seen. One that drew my wife into the fact that she almost threatened violence when I thought we should stop and go to bed. So, I'll you, tell you mean you, an hour and a half of what geeky thing did you could do this week is is too much? It's a little too goddamn much. <laughs> Just a little. So let's do some news you don't give a shit about. Oh, <laughs> no, why? The U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission has now launched their own investigation into Activision Blizzard. After allegations surfaced earlier this year that the company maintained an abusive workplace culture, including counts of sexual harassment, unfair compensation, and intimidation. The SEC subpoenas named CEO Bobby Kotick and other senior executives in a request for their communications amongst management following the reports of workplace misconduct. Other documents of the investigation calls for include a request for personal files of six former employees, Activision Blizzard board meeting notes, and employee separation agreements. This investigation follows a series of lawsuits and accusations against the publisher, which first began with the California Department of Fair Employment and Housing, alleging that Activision Blizzard has a, quote, pervasive frat boy workplace culture, unquote. The California DFEH has since accused Blizzard of obstructing its investigation, alleging the company is shredding documentation related to employee complaints. California's filing also amended its original language, widening the... Uh-huh. For future show notes, uh, fill the cup with water before putting ice in it. No, it's it's loud either way. Oh, Just don't do it, Matt. <laughs> no, senor, don't do it. This is the first time I'm regretting not doing an internet show. <laughs> Wait, are we on uh, news you don't give a shit about? Yes. Yes. Oh, oh yeah. Hurt me. <laughs> you missed it. 
Missed it, Steve. Missed it. Damn it. I was dying. Would you like to repeat dying. back what I said? In the I can tell you. Please, well, yes. Yeah. You were talking about how crappy and uh, male chauvinistic that Blizzard Activision has been and that the state of California started their investigation and things are actually, they're trying to do the subpoenas and go to starting court proceedings, et cetera, et cetera. Well, it's, it's Activision Liz Blizzard, so it's subpoenas. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I don't know why this is in news you don't give a shit about because I've been following this closely because it's, I think, the blueprint for the industry to change and possibly unionize. I agree. Because it's, it's every revelation is so much worse than the previous one. It's fucking drama. You couldn't write a movie this bad. Like, I mean, you like a movie version of this would be a lot calmer and a lot less dramatic than what's yeah, going the on. The suits would in call you into the office and be yeah. like, "Tone it down." Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. I mean, just the what bits I've seen with the Jimquisition talking about it, and 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 then just you know the different articles coming out of the. I mean, now that the SEC is investigating, you know that's that's a whole nother level. But it's. It's a caustic and you know just nasty environment, and it seems like because I I have a friend that used to work for Blizzard, and it seems like when Activision acquired them, that's when it got a lot more frat boy ish. Yeah, that's what I've heard too. Apparently, it was slightly before, but not nearly as bad as it is now. I mean, let's be okay. Being the only women sitting at this table mm -hmm. let's be real there's a lot of industries oh, that are yeah. still very much frat boy -ish. oh yeah i mean i i see I, I mean thank god the job that i have now i don't but jobs in the past where i'm just like uh well as a manager i would tell my other managers I'm like you need to watch your behavior around these employees because the things you're saying are not cool it's not acceptable and i'm gonna have to report you Especially if you keep it up. Why well, are you looking that, at me? While you I'm just it. looking in your direction. <laughs> what the hell did I do? It's not just that, though. I mean, it's it's more than just how you know no, they're no, treated. Yeah. But oh, yeah. pay discrepancies and differences yep. in the same level of jobs. Because I've experienced that as an engineer. Mm -hmm. Like in the math and science fields, they're still very much male dominated. They, right. I mean, you have a lot more women doing those jobs now, for sure. And my last job had a lot more women, which was amazing and wonderful, to sure. be quite honest. But um. I have personally had to deal with doing the same damn job as somebody with less experience and yeah. less schooling than me and got paid $20,000 more a year to do the same damn job. I have to, I've had to deal with that. So it's not just gaming companies that are doing that, to be honest. I, I, and I especially hate like in situations like that where you train your boss. Mm. You have more experience than the person that got promoted above you and you have to train that person. Yep. And they're making so much more money than you. It's like, why am I having to train this person? Mm -hmm. Shouldn't this person already have this knowledge before they come in? Well, that's when you start looking for a different Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, so we were listening, Todd. I uh, wasn't. I was getting ice. Uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, just yesterday, uh, Claire Hart, the uh, uh, chief legal officer at Blizzard, resigned. 
Wow. So, yeah, it's still... Because she was defending it for a while there. Like, I mean, she must have seen something that just set her over the edge. I can't do it anymore. Yeah. Because, I mean, some of the shit that she was coming out in defense of the company, I was just like, really? Somebody in your position is going to defend that kind of behavior. I just couldn't fathom that. I mean, I get that's your job as a lawyer, but at a certain point, you know, how do you balance morality with your job? Well, and I guess she well, chose the, we, the we, other, we, other path. We now know the point. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever it is. But I'm just wondering what it was that pushed her over the edge. Right. What one thing was the breaking point for her that she's like, nope, that's it. I'm done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because there's a lot going on in that company that would have broken most people. And just so everyone's aware, it's a news you don't give a shit about because that's where the bad news is, too. So okay, well. That's, that's always been that way. Yeah, Jeff. Pay attention. <laughs> yeah, weren't you grilling Whatever, Barry for sending we, you nice yeah. good cookies? We definitely give a shit. Yeah, and don't look at me when you complain about <laughs> You know what? Just because you said that, I'm going to look at you for every article for go moving forward. Well, good, because we're going to give look, you a complex. We're going to move into the good stuff, and then, you know. Maybe. Or neuroses, whichever Maybe. you prefer. Maybe. I'll feel better. Are you sure there's good stuff? <clears throat> We just don't give a shit about... Nah. Warner Brothers is moving ahead with the Lost Boys reboot. It already has its young leads lined up. The studio is looking to create a new take on the 1987 vampire comedy. Uh, Noah, Noah Jupe, who, who is best known for playing Marcus Abbott in A Quiet Place, will star in the film alongside Jaden Martell, who played young Ben Denborough in The Leader of the Losers Club in the latest Stephen King's It. Uh, Jonathan Endwistle, who's best known for developing the end of the fucking world, is on board to direct. He has recently directed the Willow series pilot for Disney+. Randy McKinnon, who is also pending the DC movie Static Shock, is on board to write the script. The original Lost Boys movie focused on two brothers who moved in with their single mother to a California town that they ultimately discover is the home of a vampire gang. While details of the reboot are under wraps, the reimagining takes the film... The reimagined take on the film will reportedly take place in contemporary times. What are you going to do? Set it back in the 80s? Of course, it's going to be contemporary. So we, eh. can we have Kenny G replace Tim Capella? You know what? If they don't have Tim Capella in some f- form in this movie, I will be very disappointed. That's the best scene. <laughs> so here's what's nuts about this. So the original Lost Boys was already... An original take on all those vampire tropes. Yes. So now they're going to do. They're basically going to do a, a deconstruction of a deconstruction. Yes. Awesome. Right. Thank you. Warner the Brothers. difference is they sparkle at night. Hey, wait, wait, wait. Oh, wait. Hold on a second. You're going to green light it because it's got vampires. <laughs> Oh, well, I am looking studio. for the vampire pitch. That's yes. true. Yes. <laughs> uh, it, it was bound to happen, and it's not like they were making good sequels to Lost Boys as it was. Right. right. So I'm really not all that upset about this. You can't hurt the original by making this new right. one. Right, no. exactly. Uh, I'll be curious to see what it is, and maybe they will uh, surprise me. This remake of Fright Night was surprisingly good. Yeah, yeah, that was. I just wish they would focus more on like original IP or yes. or try something original or if you're going to go the remake route remake something that was bad initially and that and you make can it do good. better right. yes right a fine example of that is twilight it was a whole new take on vampires that did very well that was a book <laughs> that was shit <laughs> no, no. but it well, did very well now i'm losing the will to live <laughs> <laughs> yes there are new takes out there that's getting less and less as time goes on 
but uh, it's it's a known quantity. They're going to make money on a known quantity versus an unknown quantity. So. Or, well, and it's, I don't, or they won't. I don't know, though. I mean, I think most of us at the table have seen that film. Um, I wouldn't say, though, it was such a cult classic that you're going to have an outcry and outrage of their remaking it like you would with some of the other films that came out around that same time period. Yeah, no. But I, I also don't think there's an audience for it either. I agree with that, too. Yeah. I feel like they've they missed their shot already. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I think this is a... I'm not saying it's going to be a good movie, but I think it's going to do surprisingly well. Maybe in the aftermarket. Yeah, well, at least it isn't like cutting lost girls and your girls getting... Because the girls are vampires. No, you don't give a shit about... <laughs> can hey, can we smoke hey, yeah. Oh, you just got shut down. Yeah. No, no. Can who's the third one? Fired? Who's the third one? <laughs> it's just the two of us. We got another one. <laughs> oh, yeah. Fuck. Kathleen <laughs> Kennedy's been paying time. Oh, no, don't you say that, man. Don't you say that, man. All right, all right, all right. See what you started? I want to apologize to everybody out there. <laughs> hey, you shut up, you listeners, because you like drunk K and drunk Steve, but... <laughs> we're talking man for two fucking well, hours. Well, but man, baby, sets you over the top. All right. <laughs> I, I think the word "like" is a stretch. I think they were slightly amused by oh, okay. slightly. Yes. <laughs> it's hard enough to understand one man, baby. When all three are talking at once, we yeah, are just, fucked. It sounds like Todd. That's, welcome that's, to the internet. I uh, <laughs> yeah, that's because we're that, accurate. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's the whole point. That's, yeah, that's uh, first time Paul heard it. He's like, "Wow, this is my whole YouTube feed." News <laughs> 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 you don't give a shit about the Japanese food company Nishin, creators of cup noodle, has announced a line of sodas in honor of Nishin's fiftieth anniversary. As for flavors, it looks like they got uh, cup noodle chicken. Cup noodle seafood, cup noodle curry, and cup noodle chili tomato. Killed Steve. Now now that's what's going in my mouth. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Barry, take notes. I mean, that's that's sodas were the thing. I was the easiest. What's going in my mouth to to supply for? Uh, I I have to say, I I doubt I will ever get a chance to try these, but I would love to bring one to the show. How about we put it out there and see if anybody can get one? If anyone can get one, please send one to the show. Uh, Any any flavor of those would be great. Uh, I I would really appreciate it. But please send it in the original packaging. Don't send us like a plastic bag full of something and just that would explode. Trust you. What? What? That would explode. Trust us. This is the yes. We only accept garlic packaging. And if you thought otherwise, no. (laughs) Just add water. We can get there! Yay! I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wait, wait, wait. There you go, Matt. Thank you. You're welcome. Well, I'm not close to the ice machine. I'm not going to do the ice machine. (laughs) Todd's like, God damn it, they're sober and they're annoying the fuck out of me. Netflix announced that it has officially acquired the role of the Doll Story Company in a massive new deal that includes the screen rights to Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, Matilda, the BFG, Fantastic Mr. Fox, James and the Giant Peach, and many more classics. The purchase represents a major step forward for the two parties, which have been in partnership since November of 2018. There are already a slew of, concern, a slew of confirmed projects, a pair of Willy Wonka-inspired shows, as well as a musical adaptation of Matilda 
With the full purchase closed, expect a whole lot more to head into development soon. Warner Brothers is moving forward on its own big screen adaptation of Chocolate Factory. Given Netflix promise to work alongside, quote, existing right holders, unquote, it doesn't seem like the acquisition of the Roald Dahl Library will affect WB's plans. That's All awesome. Right. I, I can only hope that they tap into Roald Dahl's non-children's literature stuff, like my uncle Oswald. Oh, my God. That would be fantastic. <laughs> or, or bring back Tales of the Unexpected. Yes. Yeah, that'd be nice. Nintendo, Universal Pictures, and Illumination have announced the voice cast for their upcoming Super Mario Brothers animated movie. Chris Pratt leads the cast as Mario, and he's joined by Charlie Day as Luigi, and uh, Anya Taylor-Joy as Princess Peach, Jack Black as Bowser, Keegan-Michael Key as Toad, Seth Rogen as Donkey Kong, Fred Armisen as Cranky Kong, uh, Kevin Michael Richardson as Kamek, and comedian Sebastian Maniscalco as oh, You lost Spike. me right there. You lost me with him. He ain't funny at all. With I the hate that guy. Maniscalco? Yes. I don't know. And why, why is he so bad? He's just, he's a New Yorker, so everything's like, that's his comedy. Like, he just yells in New York accent, and that's it. He's playing Spike, so I guess that kind of makes sense. Aha! Uh-huh. Yeah. Hey, man, no Josh Gad. That's the only important thing. <laughs> the movie is being directed by Aaron Hovarth and Michael Jelenic, who previously worked on the animated series Teen Titans Go and the film Teen Titans Go to the Movies. The script will be written by Matthew Fogel, who did the Lego Movie 2, the second part, and Minions, The Rise of Gru. There aren't any story details to share as of yet, but the movie is coming to theaters on December 21st, 2022. So here it is, the Super Mario Brothers movie that finally might be good. Yeah, I was going to say, I I wasn't psyched at all about it, but I'm I'm mildly interested now that I've heard the voice cast, because that sounds like a really good voice cast. It's spot on. Well, and the Gru, I love the Despicable Me movies. So if one of the writers from that, yeah, yeah, that might be interesting. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, so you're right. Uh, I, I kind of match you with that, Jeff. That I heard the announcement a while back. That okay, yeah. we're working on the Mario movie. Okay, but yeah, with the with this cast and the uh, pedigree, I'm in. I'm I'm, I'm now cautiously beep, optimistic. Beep, 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 beep the curiosity train. Well, hey, it's a remaking of a bad movie, right? So isn't that what you wanted? <laughs> yeah, that's right. I suppose. Uh, <laughs> right, and and really, is it a remake of that? I, it better not be. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> Reimagining. I, I, I'm curious. It, it, is there any of our listeners out there that liked the Mario Brothers movie? That's a good question. Because I've heard a few people over the years tell me that they liked it. And I'm like, what was there to like about it? I mean, Seriously. It's not a good movie at all. And and it's sad, too, because you've got, you know, uh, Bob uh, Hoskins and uh, John Leguizamo, who are both fantastic actors, and they just feel like they phoned it in in that movie. It, re- it really does. It, I, I honestly can't blame them. No, what, what, they got what paid. You, yeah, <laughs> that script, what you, gotta, what you got to work with. Yeah, that's true. Tabletop Titan Asmodee Games uh, is apparently for sale for 2 billion euros. Asmodee is a juggernaut of the industry, the second largest game company behind Hasbro. The current owner, venture capital firm PAI Partners, is reportedly currently looking for a buyer who might be interested in purchasing the company. News of the Asmodee sale was revealed by tabletop legend Stephen Bonacore. Via Twitter, Bonacore says that the PAI partners have enlisted the services of an investment bank, Golden Sachs, whose role is to find the buyer for the tabletop giant. 
As one of these, one of the biggest names in tabletop gaming. As an umbrella company, the French publisher owns some of the most recognizable studios, including uh, Z-Man, that, who make the Pandemic game, uh, Plaid Hat, Pretzel Parent, uh, uh, T2Z Entertainment, Rory Story Cubes, Dream Home Studio Rebel, uh, various European firms, and entire library games of former Agrico- Agricola publisher Mayfair. X-Wing and Arkham Horror Maker Fantasy Flight Games, Catan Studio, Ticket to Ride labeled Days of Wonder, and many, many more. Asmodee also has a huge presence in the digital world because they're the ones that also recently bought the board game Arena that we've been playing on. Yeah. So if- <laughs> the, the first list of game companies sounded like something straight out of Monty Python. It's just like, it's like the most ridiculous string of words together. I'm like, is this a real list or are you just pulling our chain? Did you say they own Fantasy Flight? Yeah. Really? That's what he's owned Fantasy Flight for a while. Wow. It's one of the reasons that uh, people have been upset with Fantasy Flight, I think. Yeah. And Mayfair? And, yeah, and they own Mayfair. Pretty much, they own a mat. Like the most percentage of games that are out there. Yeah. Wow. You don't know it because they have various studios. I wonder why they're for sale. Like, why are they? Yeah. Well, why were they allowed to purchase all those game companies? Is another good question. Well, Deb, this is where we live in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Someone shows up with a bag of money. <laughs> yeah, anti- antitrust only goes so far with certain companies. It's like, right. oh, this company. Uh, no, we'll look the other way. But, well, but they they're acquire also more. Companies. But they're also not U.S. based, so it's not yeah, like exactly. They're well, under US law. Yeah, but which is weird because some no. countries have stricter antitrust laws yeah, than we do. Europe generally is, is yeah is, is more mean, strict. Than US we are. is just like yeah, fuck it, go ahead. Who I cares? guess it would all depend on where their their quote legal headquarters is versus where they're physically because yeah. well, guys, we're talking games. All right, let's not get all caught up in the politics of trust. <laughs> And corporations when we're talking games. So in Europe, they're probably just like, okay, fine. The Agricola people want to get dissent. Go. And it's not like it's a game like, like oh, that's big Asmodee. I, I don't never see it that way. Whenever <laughs> yeah, right. They put out good I, stuff. I did not have the slightest idea that they owned all those games. And I've got a few of them. And, you know, so the president, although now that I think about it, you know, if you look closely at the Indicia, you see the little copyrights, and it's like, oh, Asmodee Games. I have seen that all over the place. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, so they haven't sold it yet, but it is for sale. So uh, monkeys, uh, you know, there band, you go. band together. <laughs> That's right. I'm sure we can get there. Can we uh, make that a Patreon tier? Yeah, well, I think we can. Yeah. yeah? Yeah. You guys, if you guys get us up to 2 billion right. euros, <laughs> we'll buy it. Yeah. We will buy it. We will Geek Shock Games. <laughs> oh my! So, how many Geek Shock listeners? I got. I see the tagline now. Two billion. <laughs> oh my! Geek Shock Games, not a frat boy culture. <laughs> there you go. There you go. And well, I, well, we're gonna have Paulette and Deb on staff. So, right. you, there's if anything, there's gonna be a lot of ball kicking going on. So. <laughs> Like the game was supposed to be out the door two weeks ago. What is going on? Meanwhile, Paulette's doing the whole round in the cubicles. (laughs) Are you done with your module? No. Get on it. Yes. At least, at least at Geek Shock Games, it wouldn't be like TSR towards the end when the owner who knew nothing about games actually forbid playing games. 
what? On company time. It's <laughs> like, <laughs> how are you supposed to? Yes. Uh, okay. Yes. You need to play test these yeah, things. Yeah, no. No, no. You don't play while you're getting paid. Oh, it, <laughs> dude, the TSR story is hysterical yeah. because it really went off the fucking rails. Is there a documentary for that? Uh, no documentary, it. but there no. are. There should be. Actually, right. they were close because there was the the Blackmore documentary. I got the disc on that, but it was like 45 minutes and it really talked about Dave Arneson. It, I, I, I wonder if people are concerned about legal things because nobody, nobody's tagged their books. There must yeah. be something still in litigation yeah. or pending. Maybe, maybe. And, and there are books. There are books. I'm, I'm rereading part of the Hawk and Moore trilogy, which talks about Arneson and Gygax and the making of D&D. And it, it actually goes into the whole thing about the, the gaming culture and everything. And it's really funny because the whole business was, everything was just ad hoc, you know. We're used to the idea of, even though, like, Microsoft might have come out of uh, Gates's parents' garage, there were plans and there were, you know, there were, there were things that they were working toward. And D&D really was sort of like a, a Tetris or pachinko machine of shit just falling together and, 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 and coming together and actually making into this, this, this company, this thing. It's crazy. Sorry for them. No, not at all. Let's do some red light, green light. Oh, shit. Red light, green light. Such a fun game to play. Doesn't matter what you say. They're gonna make this shit anyway. All right. There you go. Vampires. Let's yeah, go. vampires. Yeah. I want the vampire pitch. <laughs> All right. Here we go. I bring this meeting of Done the Right Productions to order. We got four more pitches here. You each get one green light. The pitch's titles are Jigsaw, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, Let's Play, and House of Night. And one or more of these may be fake. We'll start with the first one, Jigsaw. Netflix has announced that they are developing a new choose-your-own-adventure-style crime series titled Jigsaw. The heist drama has hired Giancarlo Esposito, who did Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul, to star in the series that promises to be, quote, unlike any series you've ever seen, unquote. The new series has nothing to do with the Saw franchise. This will be Netflix's second foray into the choose-your-own-adventure type of storytelling. It saw initial success with its 2018 act interactive film, Black Mirror Bandersnatch, which allowed viewers to take control of the story by selecting different on-screen options throughout the episode. With that single project under their belt, they are taking on a full series in the format. Here's the synopsis. Spanning 24 years, Jigsaw centers around the largest heist ever attempted and the vengeance, scheming, loyalties, and betrayals that surround it. It's loosely based on the real-life story where $70 billion in bonds went missing in downtown Manhattan during Hurricane Sandy. Eric Garcia, who did the autopsy of Jane Doe, is showrunning the series with Jose Padilla, who did Elite Squad, set the helm the first two episodes. That's Jigsaw. What do you think about that? I'm liking that one so far. Yeah, me too. Yeah, it's it's intriguing, but I, I can see doing a choose-your-own-thing for like a single movie, but a series... That sounds really complicated. It's it, it's ambitious. They would have to film a lot more. Yeah. Because and depending on how many choices you pick, because right. then those cascade down to more choices. Right. Unless so. you just get the illusion of choice, of course. 
Yeah. Right, where a couple of the choices lead to the same path anyway. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. The fun but, thing, the fun thing would be to to film, release an episode, people make their choices, then you film the next episode. That would take a long time. Yeah. No, not boy, not if you did live action. <clears throat> yeah. There you go. Mm. What do you mean not if you take did live action? That's so, not like a long time. Well, not really. <laughs> like, do you remember? Oh, I don't. Was it the, the the niche thing to do for a while? Like, ER did a full live air. Like, yeah. Oh, you're, you're, air, oh, you're talking actual live. Yes. Know, production. Airing live. Like, air live. Do that next episode, and then you do the story, but they don't get a choice to a certain point, and then that's where you stop it for the week, and then ah, people vote. I see. You could do it that way. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, again. It's still that ambitious. Would be, yeah, that would be super ambitious. You'd have to have a cast that's very strong with improv because you wouldn't be able to script very much of that. Oh, yeah. I mean, you could script part of it, but it would just be general outlines. It'd be a lot like, uh, and I hate the show, but it'd be a lot like Curb Your Enthusiasm. You'd just have your kind of outlines, maybe a couple lines that you wrote in there as a jumping off point for the maybe. characters. But you got to remember, soap operas have been around for yep. decades. That's true. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> That's a, that's sort of what I'm. Yeah, but they're about. not changing the script as you go based on the guests. No, but they only get the script the day before. That is true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think it's. I think it. I think it's possible. No, of course. But not every actor you watch can, those shows right. like Dark Shadows. <laughs> <laughs> like, but also, but not every actor can do that because right. it is super stressful. Yeah, yeah. Now, so. but that would be aside from Tuesday on Adventure stuff. I mean, they've only done one of these so far. But that would also go against what Netflix has done with all of their shows going forward. Right. Because they put out all episodes at right. once. Yeah. Right. So it's true. I, I don't see them moving away wow. from that model. Yeah, yeah. Red light then. <laughs> I liked Bandersnatch. I know you said you didn't like it. I liked yeah. it. I thought I, it was fun. I've yet to crack that nut. I thought it was Even fun. I love like Black Mirror. I think we, we stepped through every choice because we just wanted to see what the different choices led to. It was interesting. I do like Black Mirror as well, but it just didn't grab me. Yeah, you know, I've watched a few episodes of Black Mirror. I liked everything I've watched, but I've never picked it up and just watched the whole series. Yeah, we. Yeah, know. I think we picked and choose like the topics yeah. we liked. Exactly. Yeah. All right, yeah. let's, let's see how this folds against 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. Disney Plus has ordered a show based on the Jules Verne classic 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. The live-action series is called Nautilus. And will be the latest iteration that brings Jules Verne's 19th century novel to the screen. Nautilus will take a different, apo- different approach to the source material. In this version, the series will focus on the or- origin story of Captain Nemo, the Indian prince who became a prisoner of the East India Company and subsequently put together a crew on the Nautilus bent on seeking revenge. Along the way, they'll discover magical lands and battle sea monsters. James Dormer who did uh, Beowulf, Return of the Shieldlands, will write Nautilus as well as executive produce. The series is part of Disney Plus's expansion into the European market. The streaming service has already announced more than 13 projects from Europe and plans to have 50 productions commissioned by 2024. So what do you think of 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, Nautilus? I like it. I'm very happy with how it sounds. Yeah. 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 Same. Sounds like period piece, too. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of surprised that this is the first time they're attempting a remake because, I mean, it seems like that would have been ripe for remake, you know, 20 years ago. (laughs) Yeah, but not to to sound too uh, on point or on topic or or any kind of grumbling white guy thing. 
they nobody's ever well actually no uh league of extraordinary gentlemen actually had nemo be an indian prince yeah and usually they dance around that right and right now right now in today's environment that's ripe yep and yeah. it's, it's not even like culture switching or f- any kind of flipping you're actually true to the source material and and if they if they do a nice period accurate yeah yeah. And they're actually, I mean, I, they probably won't use it, but there is an, an, a pretty good origin story called Nemo that was written by Kevin J. Anderson. Oh, yeah, they probably uh, won't. But. No. But my thing is, if it's Disney, and again, they won't probably because of copyright, but man, if they can use those Harper Goff designs for the Nautilus, I would be... That it, would... Yeah, you know, it would that would definitely if they made that kind of reference. And um, actually, it just occurred to me because if they talk about the British East India Company, uh, then uh, that's sort of like an opportunity, like Watchmen, yeah, of uh, a historical education that you know a lot of our schools kind of gloss over yeah, or and really don't talk don't, about at all yeah because yeah, yeah. i i knew very little about the east india trading company when i was oh and the younger. whole and the whole and how colonization yeah. of india happened oh my god like yeah. a lot of the stuff that i've i've learned you know college level and then since yeah just it's extraordinary the amount of shit that went down with yes. that yeah. company yes yeah. Let's see how it stacks with Let's Play. Leanne M. Krennic's romantic comedy webcomic series Let's Play got a development deal to produce a live-action television series. Let's Play follows the personal and professional ex- adventures of Sam, a 20-something female video game developer taking an intimate, affectionate, and often satirical view of the male-dominated industry. Things get interesting when Sam's passion project gets savaged by an online game reviewer going by the handle Martial Law, who turns out to be Sam's new next-door neighbor. The series takes a light but thoughtful touch on a hot-button issue, playing up the romantic comedy elements in the manner of a friends or new girl aimed at the generation raised by YouTube and Twitch. Quote, I created Let's Play because I was looking for characters like me, diehard gamers, heartfelt romantics, and young women with dreams of success on their own terms, but couldn't find them represented anywhere in the pop culture of the moment, so I decided that was a story I would have to tell for myself, said Krennic. On its surface, Let's Play is a love triangle, but it's also a contemporary, emotionally sophisticated reinvention of the form, one that will soon allow young women to see the loves, aspirations, and setbacks of people like themselves celebrated on the screen at long last, unquote. Let's Play debuted on Webtoon in 2016 and built a subscriber base of 3.6 million weekly readers. So what do you think of Let's Play? Hmm. I don't think I'm the target demographic for this. Well, and I, I am kind of, and I doesn't sound intriguing to me at all. I don't know. Yeah, it doesn't doesn't quite grab me. Uh, it, I, <clears throat> excuse me. I uh, I didn't realize that it had something behind it, so that at least helps that it's coming from somewhere, but. Actually, your pitch almost sounds like it's trying too hard. You know, it's like I'm gonna grab every hot button issue I can grab a hold of, and let's see what we can do. But you know, I am encouraged that the creator is essentially talking about herself as opposed to you know some yeah, dude some, white knighting or what have you. Yeah. Um, yeah. But 
doesn't quite grab me. Same. All right. Finally, House of Night. Hulu is moving forward with the House of Night based on the book series written by PC and Kristen Cast. Uh, here's the description. One minute, 16-year-old Zoe Redbird is a normal teenager dealing with everyday stress. The next, she's marked as a fledgling vampire. Forcing her to leave her life behind and join the House of Night, a boarding school where she will train to become an adult vampire. That is, if she makes it through the change, not all those who are marked do. But Zoe is no average fledgling. She has been chosen as special by the vampire goddess Nyx. But along with her powers comes bloodlust. When she discovers that the leader of the Dark Daughters, the school's most elite group, is misusing her goddess-given gifts, Zoe must look deep within herself for the courage to embrace her destiny with a little help from her new vampire friends. Uh, Julie Pleck, who produced w, uh, CW's Vampire Diaries, will be the showrunner. Amber Midthunder, known for playing uh, Carrie Loudermilk at Legion, will play Zoe Redbird. Shannon Ryan, president of content, marketing, and general entertainment at Hulu, says, quote, The series has youth, diversity, sex, and vampire gore. It will translate perfectly to screen and be a great addition to the Hulu original lineup, unquote. Green light. Green light. House of Nights is eyeing a late fall in 2022. So, Harry Potter vampires. That's what it sounds like. With some yeah. sex. But starting at older. Yeah. Damn right. Better Tell be. my money. <laughs> <laughs> God, I can't give this thing enough red lights. Uh, wow! I want to like give a Van it Van Helsing red light. Like I want to give it red sunlight. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh. So there you have it. You got the House of Nights. You got Let's Play, Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea, Nautilus, and Jigsaw. So where do you put your green light, Deb? Nautilus. Nautilus. Yep. All right, Matt. Where do you put your green? House of Night. <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> Come really? <laughs> That's right, Jeff. It's my green light. It's my briefcase of money. <laughs> is that all right. out of all of those? Is that really the one that you would enjoy the most? House of Night. <laughs> Whatever. Maybe he thinks this will make the most money. That is a valid That's contender right. here. That's right. Steve, where do you put your green? Nautilus. All right. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were going to back me up with a house. No, God, no. It's a a vampire story. (laughs) How are we supposed to know? But I'll take the Captain Nemo pitch over the vampire pitch. Jeff, where do you put your green? (laughs) I got to go with Jigsaw. I think that sounds like the most uh, original idea of a lot of them. And it just sounds, I don't know, it sounds the most intriguing to me of all of the pitches. Kirsten, where do you put yours? Well, see, the problem there is I think we wrote a better pitch for Jigsaw just talking. And I kind of like our pitch, you know. We just implement Deb's film it live and, and, you know, Steve's soap opera writing formula. And I think, I don't know, I just, I, I see that before I see this thing that we made. Let's play, like I said, the pitch seems it uh, tries too hard, although I, I, I do respect what the creator's trying to do. So... And House of Night, really? Jesus Christ! Love I just—it's it, just—it's—it's it's like fucking a college uh, 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 vampire. I mean, as soon as you said she's going to learn how to be an adult vampire, it's like, oh my god! <laughs> so, but Nemo, Nemo, I just—I'm—I'm I'm very happy. So Nautilus, green light on Nautilus. I'm—I'm—I'm I'm, I'm actually kind of excited that. All right. There it is. Green light for Nautilus. 
And which of these do you think are fake? I can already answer that. Jigsaw is fake. You want to know why it's fake? Because there's already a title out there for Jigsaw, and it has to do with the Saw universe. Sure. Yeah. So that one's fake. It's also way too complicated in how they're going to do it. It's going to be fake. Jeff, what do you think is fake? God. I'm just, I'm totally, I'm going to go with the uh, the vampire one <laughs> in honor of Biggs there. I think that's a fake one. <laughs> Deb, what do you think? I'm going to go with the vampire one. I actually agree. I think the vampire one, House of Night, is the fake one. Steve? I think it's either the Night Academy or the, what's the other one? The player? The Let's the, Play? Let's Play. I think it's one of those two. I think I'll, if you're doing Night Academy, I'll do Let's Play. I think Let's Play is the fake one. Kirsten, what do you think is fake? I have no clue. <laughs> I'll just throw in Let's Play to balance things out. All right. The fake one was sent to us from Matt, a.k.a. Who Dat Scoop. And it is the House of Night. <laughs> oh, oh, you get around the title difference. Okay, whatever. <laughs> you just threw a big bag of money at bullshit. <laughs> Way to go, Matt. What are your man babies going to say about that? <laughs> and that means that Let's Play, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, Nautilus, and Jigsaw are all in some form of development. Uh, there's a bit of note that uh, Matt put this. He says, hi there. My name is Matt, a.k.a. Hudat Scoop. This is my first time writing into Geek Shock. And, and last time. And this, <laughs> and this pitch is dedicated to my late wife, Natalie. She passed away five years ago in a car accident at the age of 30. One of her favorite book series was the young adult vampire series, House of Night. There have been rumors this becoming a TV series for years, but it never seems to pan out. So my pitch is based on the book series. Feel free to edit as needed, and thank you. I was willing to greenlight that, you see? I was the only one. And they all gave me looks and were like, really? Really? What are you doing in this pitch? I like, I like how he turns that around. I will say now that I know that it was a book series, I might actually check it out and see. Oh. I like and those stories as books because I can, I don't know, I can imagine them better. Your overactive imagination yes. allows you to enjoy yes. them more. <laughs> well, and I, I can't say that I cheated, but I had seen both Nautilus and Jigsaw. In, in the, the news? In the news, yeah. Okay, Jeff 2.0? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and I was really, I mean, all I know about Nautilus is that it, it existed as a going, I, so I didn't get any details about if they ac actually are using the Harper Goff designs or anything, but it's Disney, so why yeah. wouldn't they? I'm glad Disney's doing it. I mean, the shock monkeys that are really into Disney, um, I'm pretty sure you guys got to fact check me, but I'm pretty sure that Disney built the submarine ride based on... 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea when they originally built it in Disneyland. Yeah. So I'm really well, kind of... And that is certainly the, the theme in Paris. Uh, in fact, all of Tomorrowland oh, yeah, yeah. is Jules Verne themed. Yeah, it is yeah. Jules Verne. Yeah. And the one that they built in Disney World, they were actually recreations of the Nautilus submarines for that ride. So Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Even before they ripped them out? Yeah. Everywhere, pretty yeah. much. Well, Disneyland, uh, or Disney World, rather, they ripped them out. But You're right. They still have the Paris one. Yes. Well, and then Disneyland, they couldn't rip it out, yeah. actually, because it would have made the Matterhorn sink. Yeah. <laughs> so they decided to retheme it because yes, they needed right. to update it. It made it into a wonderful Nemo ride. Nemo, it was yeah. fun. The, the Nemo the, ride was fun. He doesn't I, I, like I, the projection I stuff. love driving past televisions. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> you want the, the mermaids back? Yes. And the sea monster. And, and the sea monster. I wish I could have experienced the live mermaids. 
Because they had live women swimming out uh, there they in did. the water. Once when they first I am old enough to remember a time when... I have vague, vague, vague memories of that. I yeah. went on that as a kid. So. They were out there waving. You could get your... Yeah. Right. And they had the tentacles for the uh, giant squid attack. It was, mm-hmm. it was it was a... Damn it, they made it Nemo. Yeah. yeah. Well, they're redoing it again, because so, it was closed for renovation. When we were there, so well, I don't know if it's going to still be Nemo themed. Well, it will. If they be. do this Nautilus show, this Nautilus show, yeah. there, you go. <laughs> there you go. That would be nice. Yes, full circle. But if you do, please use animatronics and stop making us drive past televisions. It's like going through a wet Best Buy. Animatronics. I want to go back to the live like mermaids again. Yeah. <laughs> the kiss animatronic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dress, dress it up like a mermaid and just. <laughs> Kiss oh, mini boy. golf guy. I, yeah, I, when I think I don't know if it was Fed or another friend of mine when they went to Paris and they had all the pictures from Tomorrowland and I was like, I guess I better get my passport up to date because yeah. that looks awesome. It sounds, that steampunk Tomorrowland. Yeah, is, it sounds it like is the, amazing. I've been one, twice now and it's amazing. Doesn't Disney Sea also have a full size replica of the Nautilus that you can walk through? Uh, yes. I swear I've seen okay yes, yeah they, they do, do um, one of the Disney plus shows that they have where they're doing the episodes about the rides mm-hmm. one of the um, Imagineers um, she is sitting in it while they're oh, interviewing okay. her so it looks amazing yeah well I watched uh, I think it's Random Land Adventures on YouTube and he did a walkthrough of it and I was just like that's pretty incredible because it's like more than one level it's it's yeah. it's not just like walk from one end to the other and but yeah, it was it was pretty impressive. When we first moved to California and first went to Disneyland, this is '65. Um, the maps that you got at Disneyland still had listed the Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea uh, exhibit, and every time we tried to go to Tomorrowland, that was when they were doing their big 1960s revamp of Tomorrowland so we could never get in mm. and then they finally opened up Tomorrowland. I go, we gotta go to that Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea thing. They closed and it. And it was it gone. It was never there. Yeah, it wasn't there anymore. Ooh. But I did get to get small, so that was fun. Well, thank you, Matt, for <laughs> writing in. I, I I don't think this was a probably the honorific for your wife that you hoped. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, but, I green light it. That's right. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Matt has taste. <laughs> <laughs> and they all gave me looks, and they're like, really? Really? You're going to green light that? Especially from Deb. You know? <laughs> heartless Deb. Yeah. Everybody would describe me as heartless Deb. Yes. Really? Really? Is, is that the, the series d- that's dedicated to the dead wife? Really? <laughs> you loser. I think heartless Deb is a great moniker on the show. I, I like <laughs> And heartless Deb. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you what I really think. Yeah. <laughs> And if you have a pitch to write to us, comments at UglyCouchShow.com is where you pit it. Put uh, pitches, bitches in the subject title, and then put the pitch in the body. Let me know if you don't want me to edit it. And until next week, I am Master Torgo. 80s Jeff. Commander Keystan. <laughs> that was great. Maple Leaf Matt. Professor Biggs. And Deb. Heartless, Heartless Deb. Deb. Heartless Deb. Yeah! <laughs> Never ever out of control. We'll talk to you next week in Geek. <laughs> I can I can hardly wait to you know, heartless Deb and when Mr. Deb gets back. <laughs> <laughs> you are Mr. Debbie. <laughs>
Mm. I don't know. Maybe I do like this new version of of what's going in my mouth. Did Barry once continue like bring up, like catered Texas barbecue to the place? Oh yeah, Here, put this in your mouth and see what you think of that. Okay, he says he's going to be breaking out the smoker oh, when yeah. he moves. To we town. have. I mean, he is very sad that we have to put it. And in it truly will be the while, barbecue so. podcast. Keystone, how about that? That was the first thing he asked me. He's like, "Is your yard big enough to put the oh, so the smoker out?" And I'm like, "Yeah, it's big enough." Why? Oh, he goes, "Because I'm breaking it out as soon as we get there." I'm like, "All right, <laughs> I don't have a problem with that." I can hardly wait to have that Tex Mex yeah, with come over peas now. and carrots, and that's not being made in our house. No. <laughs> <laughs> I can, you know oh, what? He, I, he is so high strung for out of. Boredom. Oh my god! I can feel his twisted rubber band of a bright mind right now. It's from here. Yes. Try being around him. <laughs> no, I'm trying not to. <laughs> 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 <laughs>